Hello Retro Gamers and welcome to the Video Game Flashback Podcast. I am your host Paladino Joey or Joey Awajan. Video Game Flashback is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps, at least most of them I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great, great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today as we're going back to the Super Nintendo. I took a little break last time with Spy Hunter of the NES. Pretty easy, simple review there, but very, 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 very fun game. Very memorable. And this time back to the SNES, like I just said, it's going to be a North America release type of game before it ever got to Japan or anywhere else. So pretty cool. Uh, a late, uh, later edition in terms of the Super Nintendo era. It came out in 1995, and that would be, you guessed it, Secret of Evermore. Oh my, oh, do I have a lot to say about this one. And it's not going to be negative. Uh, a lot of people out there may think this is like kind of like a weak, uh, like a weaker junior edition of RPGs slash action RPGs for the Super Nintendo. I have so many positive memories of this game. And it, I don't know, the sense of humor in the game kind of reminds me of myself a little bit. It, it is, it's hard to explain uh, just how much I love this game. And it's one of the most underrated video games in video game history, in my opinion. Also, the fact that it was released in North America, I think it's pretty cool. It's not that important, but, I mean, the soundtrack of this game, um, oh, just the feeling. And back in the day when we had that surround sound, you know, all the little speakers in the, across the room, and you could hear all the sound effects in the jungle and all that play, uh, you know, in the jungle at the beginning of the game when you're in the prehistoric jungle, basically, and the village and all that. I don't know why a lot of people don't like the game. Um, it's designed exactly like Secret of Mana. Honestly, that's where the whole secret of comes from. Uh, so it's a very similar to Secret of Mana, the weapon system and all that. Weapons, items, uh, the way you build your magic, all that cool stuff. Well, And it's not magic in the game. It's alchemy. It's called basically where you mix uh, one ingredient with another to form, you know, it's like magic, but it's like some kind of a attack, attack or heal or whatever. Status ailment, status healing type of, uh, you know, basically like magic without being magic. It's called alchemy in the game. Um, and it's not about, and there's no magic points or anything like that. It's the ingredients. When you run out of ingredients needed to perform that feat, whatever it is, heal or whatever, you have to buy more, find more, this and that. So just a very unique, very enjoyable game. I know not completely unique in terms of it's, it's a similar, uh, you know, Similar design as Secret of Evermore, uh, Mana, pardon me, there we go. But at the end of the day, just unique in terms of the the layout. It's so much fun. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, I, again, I have a whole lot to say, so I'm getting kind of almost too excited here. Uh, at the end of the day, again, action role-playing game. Published by Square for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. This is Wikipedia that I'm getting this from, so I'm citing it. Uh, it came to North America on October, well, that's where it was released first, October 1st, 1995. 
and came out in Europe and Australia in February 1996. A Japanese release was planned to follow the North American release by a few months, but ultimately was canceled. So it's like, they're too good for us. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, it was a 24 meg action adventure. So 24 meg. Um, again, the developer was Square, and this was way at the end of Square's life uh, as we knew it at the time. Everything would come back on the PlayStation, and it would be very different. Yeah, Square, Square Electronics, uh, all that stuff. Um, I don't know. It, it wasn't my favorite. And then you had, uh, you know, Square Enix, Squeenix, as people call it. That, that, it's, it's better, um, but I don't know. It's... I missed the Square as I knew it back then. It uh, Square Soft and all that. It was just wonderful memories for me. Um, designers Ellen Weitz. So you notice you're going to see American type names. Ellen Weitz. George Sinfeld. Not Seinfeld, but Sinfeld. <laughs> George Seinfeld. <laughs> Programmers Brian Fedrow. That's an interesting one. Artists Daniel Dosio, good job. Beau Folsom, sounds kind of French to me. Writers, George Sinfeld, Paul Mazurek. Composers, the, this one I have just, you know, I respect you so much. Jeremy Soule, oh my, you did an amazing job with the soundtrack of this game. And they released a, a CD soundtrack for it as well, Square did, with, uh, of course, Jeremy Soule's the one that, you know, is behind all of that. And and it became super rare, super expensive. I ended up getting the actual CD soundtrack off of uh, eBay in 1999 for 50 bucks, And it was completely random and luck that I was able to get it. It's extremely hard to find, super rare. Um, but I remember it just sitting there available. You just had to call Square at the right time, right place. But by the time it's like, oh, yeah, I'd like to order it, Square had Square was different. Everything was shut down, basically. The Squares we knew it was no more. And it was that electronic art, Square EA, which, yeah, blech, blech. Don't get so excited now about that. I, I like the old days. I'm sorry. I am an old-timer, damn it. Um, February 22nd, 96 was EU and AU Australia. So in Australia, they played some Secret Evermore. Vinrock Vince Germano, just in case you're listening, Tanae Brown in New Zealand. Um, did you ever play Secret of Evermore? And if you did, please let me know, just in case. Um, you know, uh, Pumpa, Reese Pedretti, uh, he may be a listener. I'm not, I remember he talked about Mega Man 2, or was it DuckTales? Uh, like an all-time favorite of his. It is a single player. So this one is not like Secret of Evermore, where you could have somebody, you know, be the, be the second player, or you get the multi-tap for all three players. But It'd be a pain in the ass where you, uh, at times, a secret of mana, if I ever do that review, where you're going one way, someone's going the other, and somebody gets caught kind of against the edge of something, and you can't go forward, and it's really annoying. Oh, my God. And it happens all the time when you're playing one player as well. Um, there's a heck of a lot less of that here. It seems like they corrected that. Um, oh, man, I just, <laughs> the soundtrack in this game. Oh, I just love it so much. Um Mana-like mana game mechanics, that's what they call it. Ambient music have since helped it to develop a cult following. Well, I'm part of that cult. I'm in the cult of Secret of Evermore. I've been called a cult member for other things, but, um, yeah, it's not a cult. The uh, thing that I've been a called a cult member is not a cult. This could be, I'm a yeah, cult following. Cult following for uh, uh, Earthbound as well. If I ever can do a review of that one, maybe someday that will be a massive show. This one, we'll see. I don't know if this one might get split in two parts, but... Maybe not. Maybe I could keep this to a semi-reasonable number. 
uh, if I keep my mouth shut and don't drag it out as much as I did with Zelda, um, Link's Awakening, or Link to the Past, pardon me, but man, 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 what a fun game. So with that said, I think I've said enough, generally speaking, other than, yep, it was yet another Christmas present, and again, another testament to the generosity of my parents in that at that time. Holy crap. <laughs> and generally, they are generous. You know, they give wonderful gifts to uh, my brother, myself, um, my wife, my brother's wife, you know, my sister-in-law, basically, and all their kids. It's just incredible. So really appreciate them. Um, I still remember getting, um, just just think about this, 1995, right? What were the two most exciting games that came out in 1995, especially at the end of the year? Secret of Evermore and Chrono Trigger, which is actually flashing on the screen right now in the background, just because I play, tend to play it around this time of year, just like Secret of uh, Evermore. So... <laughs> I got both of those games for Christmas in 95 into 96. I mean, insane generosity. And, oh, man, just, just again, I can't thank my parents enough for uh, giving me both incredibly great games. Most people on the planet will say Chrono Trigger is the better game. Yeah, it's probably the, yeah, it's the better game, per se, but the more memorable and the one that I will play more often is Secret of Mana, or Evermore, pardon me, Mana too, but Secret of Evermore. And, again, I'm a weird guy. I tend to play Chrono Trigger around January, Zelda around January, Secret of Evermore around February, you know? You could just go on and on and on and on. I'm a weird guy. I'm just weird, so <laughs> I have to admit it. So <laughs> there's just certain games, and it's games like this that I'm going to really enjoy going through. Um, all the different weapons in the game and such is quite entertaining. How You start off with a bone, basically, and, you know, you, you get further and further in the game, and you get further into different eras because this is all created from people's imaginations it ends up being like a real world from a computer generated thing um we'll get back to the storyline about this game at the end of the day or and, and as i get kind of playing through it we'll kind of uh, go through the storyline as we open up the game with that said i might as well get to it right here right now let's get to the opening of secret of bleeping evermore and, of course, I'm saying that with <laughs> tons and tons of uh, affection, not with uh, cursing the game. That's for damn sure. We're going to go with the NES Mini once again for the uh, HD effect. You get the fire look with the Squaresoft presents and all that. It's always exciting. And then you finally get this title screen when you heard that uh, dramatic music. It, it kind of hits you like a ton of bricks. And then you get this wonderful menu music that I've always enjoyed. There are times that me and my brother would let that play for like, I don't know, like 20, 10, 20 minutes. And then back then, so we only had surround sound and all that, which still exists, I'm sure, but not like the way we remember with actually putting speakers in your room and all that. Uh, they would <laughs> There's definitely a strong effect and my brother liked to put in a lot of bass. There's actually a lot of bass in that song. So 
something highly recommended. Of course, the hero in this game, you can just name him whatever you want. I tend to go with, like, Minnesota Wild players for some reason. Every year it's, like, something like Kirill Kaprizov or something, and then another guy. This year I'm, I'm debating on who it should be. And even in the past, they used to even do Timberwolves players. Like, it would be one player would be, like, who knows, like Kevin Garnett, and then the dog would be Joe Smith or whatever the heck. It was just fun and silly way to, I don't know, kind of do things here. This year, I'm going to pick very different type of players. I'm going to go with goaltenders this year. Philip Gustafsson of the Minnesota Wild, he's the goaltender. And I'm going to pick the other uh, goalie to be uh, Jesper Volstead, or like Jasper Wallstedt. That's what it looks like, but it's Jesper Volstead, Swedish accent. I want to have two of those guys. Uh, I, I could also have Marc-Andre Fleury. Maybe I should have went that direction instead just to have fun. I'm still debating on, yeah, maybe I'll go with Marc-Andre Fleury as the dog, which might be kind of mean and funny at the same time. So you open up in a, in a scene dating back to the 1960s, way back in the day. Al's Arbor Shop, Smith's Hardware, sale 50% off, this and that. And you get the cool music in the background. That's always classic. It's basically 30 years in the past, so approximately 1964, 1965. I would say 65 because the game came out in 1995 here in the United States. And yeah, that's the main release. My friends prepared to be a part of history. That would be, of course, Professor, uh, Professor Ruffelberg with a twist of a knob here and a flip of a switch there. <laughs> and this doohickey, right? Wait a minute. That's not right. So something goes wrong. Whatever the heck went wrong, we don't know yet. I, I personally know because I played the game many times. 30 years later, now it's the boy and his dog coming out of a theater uh, by Hugh, The Lost Adventures of Vex. <laughs> what a classic. My favorite part was the battle with the slime beast in the toxic swamp. You could hardly tell that it was really a bunch of old tires and a garden hose. <laughs> and the dog looks kind of like a normal, I don't know, like Snoopy, like a beagle or something. Where are you going, buddy? And he's chasing a cat. That tends to be an ongoing theme throughout the entire uh, game, that he likes to chase cats. Now we're in that same facility that you were seeing in the background. It's now been abandoned. A big kind of old, almost looks like a university or something. Hmm, the door is open. Yeah, it's kind of an old abandoned university, kind of like the old uh, uh, mill, whatever, that's close to where I grew up um, <laughs> in Theodore Worth Park area. That's been a, literally, literally been abandoned for 50 years. So basically, they're kind of working their way up into this old abandoned place with broken windows and all that stuff. It's been abandoned for 30 years at this time. Oops, look, a mummy, a chainsaw, and a balloon animal. Okay. <laughs> so again, it's basically like a, almost like a science museum is probably more or less what it is. And then he finds a secret entrance and gets to the third floor or whatever floor it would technically be. 
I'm guessing the third floor. And then he gets into a room that looks like there's some kind of weird machine that could transport people or something, like something out of Star Trek. This looks like PZS. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a movie yeah, that he made up. Or not, that's been made up for the game. I wonder if it works. All of a sudden it starts powering up. And he says, holy crap. <laughs> Everything gets lighting up. We should get out of here before something goes terribly wrong. Yeah, funny how that sticks around. The dog starts chewing on some wires and then starts turning into all these different forms and disappears. So like different forms of a dog, like a poodle, uh, like a, a, a monster. And then the boy also gets transported away as like a bolt of electricity hits him. And now he's in a much newer looking place where, yeah, there's this uh, butler looking guy, this redhead butler with a spectacle in his eye. What have we here? In an intruder, I fear. Whoa. What an awesome blast, says the boy. Yep, <laughs> that's kind of funny. That's not important. Yep, he's like, who are you? That's not important. we got to get you out of here. Pretty much how I feel about people at work, but oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we can't have you meddling with the uh, professor's experiments now. So basically, the butler is keeping the uh, boy away from the... Uh, the butler named Carlton is keeping the boy away from the professor. And the professor's curious, now who's that? And butler's basically like, no, just go back to work. Leave me alone. Or, I mean, you know, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. See, secretly, the butler's controlling everything, but we don't know that yet. We just think he's this mean butler, like, uh, saying, yeah, you can't have you bothering people here. Get out of our, get out of our face. Next thing you know, you're in a room with what looks like a capsule or something. You open it up. Some kind of, like, treasure box. And you get a bazooka, which is cool and everything. And then some machines start coming out of these portals or whatever they are. Not portals, but like ports, you could say. Basically what you want to do is let it charge up and then fire away. When I say charge up is when you're walking around, you'll notice how there's a, a counter that's quickly going from 0 to 100%. Let it fill up, then it actually turns into a shot instead of you swinging the bazooka like, a, like somebody trying to hit somebody in the head with a, a, a gun. Of course, now I'm missing like an idiot, but that's that's part of it. That's part of the fun of it, right? Is you miss and miss and miss and miss. Because <laughs> the thing's moving faster than you are. You kill them both in one hit. You know, well, one hit each anyway. And then you finally start gradually progressing in the game. Sorry that the beginning is kind of dragging, but that's how this goes. You go in another port. And then the young man says, what's going on? It's dark in here. I guess there's the dog. Yay. Hey, I think this is some kind of futuristic escape pod, and it is. And then he accidentally fired the bazooka and destroyed the control panel. And down they go to the uh, the surface of what we will find out is Evermore. Evermore, a figment of everybody's imagination turned into reality somehow. You'll learn more and more of what the heck that is shortly when you talk to somebody named Fire Eyes, a little girl also known as Elizabeth. Now you land in the jungle. This prehistoric-looking jungle. Hmm, what am I doing here? So he's like, what the heck? Where's the bazooka? Where's the escape pod? Where's the dog? And then, of course, the dog doesn't have a name yet. This big monster, prehistoric-looking dog comes up to him, and I guess that's him. Okay. So the dog actually transforms with the surroundings in Evermore, which we don't really realize yet. The boy has the dog fetch a stick to make sure he's the same dog, and he comes back with a bone which ends up being your first weapon in the game. Your first weapon in the game. It's technically a sword in this game because there's four swords, 
four axes and four uh, spears, spear-type weapons in the game. The spear is usually the strongest, but at the end of the game, all three of the weapons are uh, 50 attack power. So right now you start fighting with uh, monsters called, well, different things like petals and such. They're called, it's basically a prehistoric flower that attacks you. You'll also know the dog walks around sniffing the ground like a dog would do. If he gets to a certain spot and stops, press the B button, which is the attack button as you walk up there, and you might pick up something. It's ingredients for what uh, we've talked about, alchemy, which is basically your version of magic in this game. It might sound kind of crazy and silly that you have to buy pieces every time you want to attack, but it's not too expensive, and yeah, when you, when you can afford it and all that. Certain items are very expensive, but they're usually for alchemy spells that you're not going to use very often or at all. So the important ones, everything is pretty cheap and attainable, and I don't know, I often try to work my way up. Uh, the second thing you see in the whole game is a mosquito. <laughs> a mosquito, a prehistoric mosquito flying around, which is fun. I guess. Um, you can charge up the weapons in terms of, like, you'll notice when you go into the weapon screen, you pick up, pull out the menu with the Y button, there's a sword that says level. Targeting, that's just something that'll tell you what the uh, different monsters of the screen are, like Wimpy Flower and Mosquito right now. Edit, that's for the color and whatever the heck, I don't even touch that. Edit the controls, why would you touch that? Leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Action, action, pardon me, is when you are playing as, uh, well, whichever character is the one you're not controlling, um, you control how they uh, approach the game. Like if the dog, you just want the dog to search, search around and not really fight at all, you put it to the left. And if you want it to be super aggressive and fight nonstop, put him to the right. Otherwise, keep him near the middle or slightly one way or the other. You'll notice numbers as well on the side. Zero, one, two, three. Those are um, how far you want the weapon to charge up before the character attacks. But right now, the highest you can go is one because, well, see, <laughs> we haven't charged the weapons up yet. Every time you hit a monster, like the dog, or kill a monster anyway, it'll potentially charge up that weapon a little bit. It's kind of like level building, you know, like experience points. But in this game, more or less like just building up uh, and such. Once it gets to, uh, once it gets up to 100, like right now, it's... 1.6 but once it gets all the way up to you know 199 to a hut to two then it's level two if you know what i mean and then what you do is you hold down the weapon it'll charge up and have a more powerful attack it takes a little longer but sometimes it's worth it especially for weapons like the spear which you could throw for a monster that might be really strong and you want to have a long-range attack by just throwing the spear at the uh, monster but you're also at the mercy of possibly missing the monster because well they're constantly moving so put that in a note this first area is actually kind of difficult because you don't have much defense. Your equipment is basically nothing. Like, say you go to sta stats, well, yeah, you can look at attack and all that. Um, yep, see, on the menu screen, you press Y, you can press down. That goes to the what, what weapons you have. Right now, all you have is the bone crusher. That's the, the bone itself. Uh, pedal, you have one pedal, but that's like the items, basically. I have one pedal, that's the only item I have. And so far, I don't believe, nope, I have zero armor of any kind. So I'm basically just walking around like Marty McFly in the 1950s right now, waiting for Biff to beat me up. Okay, something like that anyway. I highly recommend kind of messing around here, hopefully picking up petals, because as you kill those wimpy flowers, they can drop petals, which are healing items. So, because you're going to have an annoying little fight to open up the game. If you don't want to deal with it and mess around having being able to beat the raptors, then so be it. Otherwise, it's an effective way to kind of start the, uh, to get the game off to a good start by being able to beat these raptors that you can bump into 
very early. Unfortunately, the Bone Crusher is the only item in the entire game that you cannot cut uh, plants in the way. So you'll get some dead ends here at the beginning of the game that you, where you'll see like plants blocking your way, little plants that you can't get through the path to another area. So Bone Crusher is the weakest item in many ways, including in that way. It doesn't cut anything. You'll also find like gourd-shaped items. That, yeah, it looks like a gourd, something you might see in the autumn around here or maybe in the summer as well, growing in a garden. Those are actually your uh, treasure chests at the beginning of the game. There are different forms of treasure chests, you could say, throughout the game where you get items like healing items or ingredients, so to speak, like water or God knows whatever that could be used for alchemies as you get further and further into the game. And of course, there are several different uh, um, items in the game. There are several different alchemies that use uh, the same ingredients or similar ingredients over and over. Like water is used a million times throughout. Um, I just gained a level which could help in a battle, but it'd be nice to have some kind of a, a <laughs> pedal or something healing item, but right now I don't. If you're in a, uh, a game like this that you can save state, maybe go for it in case you want to be the, the, the cool guy that was able to beat the raptors. So go for that. Maybe you want to try over and over again because beating the raptors is nice. Also, if you press select, you can be the dog, and then press select again to be the boy again. So that's another thing to think about. Uh, for whatever reason, you want to switch to the dog or back to the boy. It's probably the more likely thing you want to do. Let's try to take on the raptors now, I suppose. Basically, a leaf comes down, and the boy's like, this doesn't look good. Like, what's going on here? Because suddenly the, the area behind you closes. Like, what am I supposed to do now? Well, basically, four raptors come out, and you've got to beat them kind of one-on-one. You basically want to take your time and get a hit in. If you kind of go directly at them, you're probably going to get hit, and they're not. So try to hit them on the side if you can. But either way, it's an insanely difficult fight. If you do lose the fight, it's okay. You don't die or anything. You get rescued by the dog, basically, and he takes you into the village. And if you're fortunate enough, you do get 50 talons, which is the currency in this village, and a petal. But that's not it. You also get free armor further on, where you get a grass vest. That's actually your first armor in the game, so it's a big help. And of course, you get more experience points and uh, jewels and all that. Or, well, you know, more experience points and talons from defeating the, uh, the raptors as well. So now you're finally in the village. You get all these cute little characters and such. And I don't know, I, I just love the atmosphere, the fire pits and all that. And then you get your first inn fairly close in the village. The people are also happy and thankful they were able to get rid of the raptors. And of course, in each house, there's a, a few little <coughs> gourds, you could call them, to pick up treasures or money or whatever the heck. They're not even really treasures. It's mostly, uh, it's mostly ingredients and such. But you can talk to Fire Eyes right away. I recommend maybe go sleep at the inn. Uh, what happened in my case, I was able to kill three of the raptors before the dog got beaten. 
So I was okay with it. I'd rather have both the boy and the dog alive the whole time. But as long as if the dog <laughs> dies or loses, well, dies or is hurt, whatever, by the time you get to at least three raptors done, I think it's fine and worth it. The cool part is you can kind of sleep the characters away and come back. It's not like certain hard games where you can't bring the character back to, uh, to full power by sleeping. You have to actually get some kind of revive item. And then the characters always ask if you want to save your progress. So that's always a wonderful thing as well. Uh, it's funny though. Yeah, I've had ones that have had Jared Spurgeon as the main character. Ones with Kirill Kaprizov. This time it's Philip Gustafson. So we're going to go with uh, goalies this year, which is completely new and exciting. You can also still talk to the same guy in the inn, so to speak, and have him save your game regardless if you're sleeping or not. So that's kind of how you save the game. And there's uh, certain characters will ask you, would you like me to record your progress? And I always welcome that with open arms because why the hell not? Obviously, throughout the game, you're going to have a whole lot of uh, fun uh, conversation back and forth with characters and such, you know, like little anecdotes <laughs> uh, and all that. I think I just turned the volume up a little bit, so sorry if it's suddenly, uh, hope I didn't startle you too much. Um, yep, so one of the benefits to defeating all the raptors outside of the town is uh, you can get a free grass vest. That's actually the first piece of armor in the game. It's in one of the houses. It says, thanks for fighting off the creatures outside our village. Please take the grass, uh, this, this grass vest. And then, of course, you equip it by going to the menu. Uh, the X button would be like player two if it's the boy or the dog. Like, that's the non-playing character at the moment. And the current playing character, which is probably the boy most of the time, of course, you go to equip armor and, of course, equip the grass vest. It's just, yep, so simple concept there. That's pretty much where you equip anything. Armor. Uh, well, it's all, only armor. I forget. It. Yep. And you can change the weapons whenever you get to that time later on in the game. Yep. Yep. That's actually a separate menu as you keep pressing down or up, as I talked about recently. So again, a free gas, uh, grass vest, not gas vest, a grass vest. And then there's another uh, one of the other huts in the village. You can actually buy armor. Uh, and of course, another one you can buy uh, healing items and such. This one girl sells, yeah, this girl in one of them sells petals, pixie dust, uh, dog biscuits, which bring the dog back to life. Very inexpensive at this part of the game, which is, and it's extremely valuable. The dog really isn't dead, he's hurt, basically. Essence heals, uh, um, essence heals poison, basically, any type of poison or other types of, uh, you know, like status ailments that can pop up like confounded and stuff like that. So actually a very valuable item at only 15 talons. Of course, again, uh, there are different uh, sources of currency in the game because there's four different eras, so to speak. One's like the, obviously this is the prehistoric era. Talons are the currency in the next uh, one, which would be prehis, uh, this is not pre, uh, that would be like the, like kind of the Roman era <laughs> and such like that. Crustacea, they call it. Um, that's where you get gold, uh, gold coins. No, that, that one you get the jewels and then gold coins is the gothic era and then in the future is credit and of course again, so the currency value is different like uh, jewels are worth two talents and gold coins are worth uh, four talents or two jewels so you get the idea doubles in value and then credit's the opposite where you can get four, uh, four talents eight uh, jewels and 16 gold coins uh, or excuse me, yeah, well, 16 credits 
for the gold coins. It takes 16 gold coins just to get one credit. So sounds about right. That's basically like inflation once you get into credit. So kind of realistic when you think about it. You can wander around in the village. You can pick up items. You can go north. But unfortunately, you can't get through because there's plants blocking the way and you don't have a weapon that can cut yet. So, of course, that's important. Uh, the, the first weapon you get will be the spider claw, they call it. That's actually an axe. I don't know how that works, but yes, it's an axe. It's a, <laughs> in this part of the game. There's also a section way, way up, and you could say the northwest uh, corner of the village, where, well, there's a hut there, and that's actually where you buy the armor. It's a guy with green hair, I guess. <laughs> Everybody has green hair for some reason. So the grass vest you already have. Leather collar, that's for the dog. I can't afford it yet, which is annoying. Uh, vine bracelet and grass hat. Now, of course, each era has actually three levels of armor in it. Um, the dog, it's just one one collar in each era, and it's uh, obviously a lot stronger as you go forward, like the next uh, next plateau, as they call it, uh, Crustacea. And like ancient times, like Roman, like biblical era, yep, you get the next uh, you get the next collar, and then in the Gothic, uh, you get the next collar, and then in the future, so to speak, or the space station. You get like a, you, it's, it's called Spots Collar. So it's just one per each uh, era. But there's three levels of armor in each uh, era for the boy. One is a bracelet, one is a hat, and one is armor. Basically. So <laughs> that's how that works. This is, of course, the cheapest and weakest armor in the game and the first part. But, of course, it's, you're finally getting armor for the first time. And you're going to want that uh, as much as you can afford as you're getting the game started of course because you're pretty weak at the beginning uh and of course you can go out to the right uh you, you want to go out to the right really if you want to level build you could go south also but I, i'd go to the right you can level build beating up uh, flowers uh and uh the, the turtles you start seeing they look like they're straight out of super mario brothers kind of like prehistoric versions of them and you could build up talons as they call them and buy the armor and the color for the dog and of course level build yourself like you build levels and build up the level of your weapon because that obviously goes up uh, and all that so major important stuff as we're starting the game that's why we're already a half hour in and i've basically done nothing yet in the game because well it's an introduction of actually how to play the game so why the heck not get into that first i was also mentioning about see there's a hut way up in the north uh west corner but also <clears throat> if you go south a little bit you can, you can kind of tell there's a hidden path to go west. You can go in there. There's a bunch of gourds there where you can get more items. Later on, after you beat the, uh, the first boss, which is like a big giant uh, bug, it's, it's called Thrax. After you beat him, you can get uh, an alchemy there. It's called Defend. It's nice to have. Obviously, it raises your defense for a little while. So highly recommend you do that later on after you beat the Thrax. I could be wrong on the actual timing of it, uh, of the uh, alchemy being there, the alchemist being there, but yes, uh, check. Check as often as possible because you don't want to end up missing out on it. So that's a huge thing because later on in the game, it, we, he, he either won't be there anymore or he won't offer it to you anymore. So major thing to think about. So let's finally go to Fire Eyes now that we've bought as much armor as we can afford at the moment. Just get this part over with. Uh, they say, Fire Eyes, please show your respect. Everybody comes, and now you can hear her cool music, too.
and now they've heard the music you can hear <laughs> um, we'll actually get to the dialogue the entertaining thing where they're like fire eyes fire eyes fire eyes fire eyes fire eyes to come out <laughs> she comes out it's this little little blonde girl or strawberry blonde whatever you'd want to call it with ponytails she says what <laughs> with glasses oh hi <laughs> my name's Elizabeth everyone around here calls me fire eyes uh hi I'm Philip Gustafson <laughs> okay I'm Joey or whatever Philip Gustafson is my name. Well, Philip Gustafson, <laughs> step in my hut. We'll talk. Yep. So, I play goalie for the Minnesota Wild. No, I'm just kidding. I just, I, I that's who I am. So, <laughs> who let this wild beast in here? He said, uh, oh, that's my dog. He hasn't been himself lately. What's his name? Well, his name, it's, uh, <clears throat> let's go with Mark andre Fleury, huh? Mark. <laughs> Mark Andre Fleury. I have to do it. Sorry, I'm I'm a I'm a goofball, and unfortunately, I couldn't fit Mark Andre Fleury. I couldn't get the Y in unless I want to have like Mark Andre as like two was like one word together. That would look kind of weird. I could have done it, but ah, uh, what the hell? Let's go with uh, Jesper Wallstedt, or it looks like Jesper Wallstedt, but it's uh, pronounced Jesper Wallstedt. <laughs> it's like Jesper Wallstedt, and she says Jesper Wallstedt. That's original. <laughs> Uh, but reality is, they're probably assuming you're going to be like Rex or Snoopy or or Fido or something. And she's like, oh, that's original. But instead, we are going with Jesper Volstead. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting name for a dog, huh? Yeah, it is. Uh, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> we're from uh, we're from Sweden. Yeah, we're from Sweden. That's why. So, okay, just kidding. I'm not really sure where here is to tell you the truth. You're on Evermore in my prehistoric village. I'm the leader. It's like, really? <laughs> you would know how to get to Podunk. Podunk, that's where you're from, supposedly. So like a Podunk town in United States, so to speak, in 1995. Yep. <clears throat> she says, Podunk? Hmm, interesting. I might. Because she secretly is actually from there. She says, uh, maybe we can work something out. How would you like to make yourself useful around here? It's like, oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> Well, I, uh, Amina Amina, basically. The new village alchemist, Strongheart, has wandered off to the, uh, off to the bug muck in, e in the east. He's searching for alchemy ingredients that are plentiful in the muck. If you can help him get back to the village, I will help you with whatever you need. Yeah, sure you will. <laughs> kind of. Well, this is the part of the game that I, I enjoy, how it's all these made-up, uh, movies and anecdotes. <laughs> the boy says, well... As Captain Leif Melderock says in Mars Needs Lumberjacks, I'm ready for anything. Before you go, Elizabeth says, yep, I'd like for you to have an alchemy formula that I've developed. I call it Flash. It's pretty powerful against mean creatures. Yep, so it's kind of like a fire thing, fire alchemy. Uh, one part of wax and two parts of oil. And she'll tell you that as well. You can use the formula whenever you have one part of wax, two parts of oil. So just let the spell, uh, just select the spell and let it fly. The more you use the flash formula, the stronger it will get. So yes, if you use it 10 times, it'll it'll go up to level 2, and then so on and so forth. It'd be like 20 for the next and such. So it kind of doubles, or doubles, or it's like a fraction and such. So obviously, you save up money and buy ingredients and such. It might sound tedious. At the same time, you don't need to build up flash. You can, but you don't have to. It's not crucial to win the game. Certain, certain alchemies are, and you want to pick and choose the right ones to do that. Otherwise, you'll be spending like 50 years playing the game, and who wants to do that? That's dumb. So build up what you need, 
not everything. Uh, obviously, heal, yeah, build that up as much as you can. And of course, you're going to use it often enough as well. It'll kind of build it up by default. So that's another way to look at it. Cure is cure. Like, building that up, what's the point? Like, curing, you know, poison or other, like, status ailments, like confounded and confused or whatever. Um, uh, plague, which is basically kind of like poison, but I, I think you die faster. Like, your power diminishes faster. Hit points. Um, but like I said, go out to the east a little bit, but not too far. Just a couple seconds, basically, where it's still the jungle area rather than the bug muck. And level build for a little bit. That's the term that me and my friend Dave have used for about 30 years now. Level build. Well, 25 to 27 years or so. is just beat up on the monsters, build up your money and your levels a little bit. You don't have to spend 50 years doing it, but do it. And you're going to be doing it throughout the game. Uh, whether it's building up money for alchemy, armor, or what have you. Just getting stronger. So that's just unfortunately part of RPGs that you have to do sometimes. But... Don't kill yourself doing it or you will get bored. So, point of advice. And like I said, wandering around anywhere, the dog starts sniffing around and, and he actually will find ingredients. He'll actually stop there. He's not going to pick them up for you. He'll stop at a spot. If he's just kind of stopped at a spot sniffing, that means he's found something and just walk over there and press the uh, B button and the boy will, you know, pick it up. I believe I kind of got into that off and on, but maybe not as much in detail. Um, level building is so valuable. These turtles are not too difficult. Unfortunately, your weapon's not strong enough where you can kill them in one hit yet, so that's the one annoying, tedious part. You can kill the pedals in one hit, as long as you let the uh, weapon kind of charge up to 100%, so to speak, as it says. Like, you don't have to do anything, you just watch the little percentile thingy <laughs> charge up to 100%. Um, so, that's obviously a, a good thing. One thing you should do, though, as you're level building is a very simple thing. Just keep going to the right a little bit. So, like, one screen to the right. Intentionally go in one of the whirlpools that pops up. It'll take you the first time. It'll take you to this uh, little area with a cave to the, like, couple steps north of you. Go inside. He says, wow, and I thought a little sand in the shoes was irritating. I always love that. <clears throat> so, this is where you want to get the jaguar tooth, as they call it. That actually allows you to sprint while you're, you know you know, in the 100 percentile for the weapon. It also can be used for being able to run faster instead of just walking. Uh, the, the, uh, the old man says, the old man in the cave, says, uh, slow creatures easily fall prey to the sucking sand pools, sand whirlpools. I love that. You need the speed of a jaguar. That sounds like a good alternative to being soaked in the sand. <laughs> I just love that kind of Garfield sense of humor. That's what is in this game. It's Garfield Garfield sense of humor, and I kind of grew up with that, and so I've kind of taken that on my whole life, and people actually like it sometimes. <clears throat> the, uh, the the guy then says, the, the man in the cave says, I can provide you with the Jaguar Tooth Ring. It gives you, it, it gives the wearer the ability to run with the speed of the fastest feline. Actually, the cheetah's faster, isn't it? But I don't know, maybe not. <clears throat> And it's free with any purchase today. So it's like, buy one, get one. Well, not quite like that. What can you... Uh, what, so you could buy the cheapest item or maybe something you superly need. You also get nectar now, which I don't recommend buying for 200 talons at this stage in the game because you're shaving up for armor, right? Armor or whatever else. You can get a petal for 20 and a pixie dust for 150, which, um, yeah, we'll get into that later what that does. Um, the essence for 20. I just say, yeah, buy an essence 
because you're going to get petals for free all over the place, and you can only carry up to six items, which is kind of dumb. The nectar is basically a stronger healing item, and yeah, when you find that randomly, that's really nice, because otherwise it's 200 talons. So buy an essence. You find them, but not as much. Uh, but yeah, please take this jaguar tooth ring as my gift to you, and I appreciate it very much. Receive the jaguar ring. It's awesome. Press and hold the A button to run, but watch your energy. A long run will wear you out. Yep, so it's like, yeah, it'll just kind of drop off, but you can just let it charge up again. It's not like, oh, crap, I can't run for 50 years. But, yeah, when it goes down to the little 100 percentile in your little rectangle down there, your power, your meter down there, goes down to zero, you just have to wait maybe three seconds for it to fill up again. You can run again. So uh, you're going to need that in certain levels as well. Now back to <laughs> trying to get all the armor first before we start heading into bug muck. Uh, uh, yeah, you want to go back in that's uh, the whirlpool that pops up beneath you and then Just kind of go back to the left. I think and keep level building for a little bit uh, and Then the uh, the boy says maybe we should be a little more careful around those whirlpools like Jack McCoy said in invasion of the mole people Stay focused and watch your step I'm gonna fall in one more time because I want to hear his his line So yep, just so I can read it now and you know, then, then it's done. Unfortunately, I'm waiting now. This is getting kind of old. We really should try to avoid those whirlpools. Well, yeah, it gets old, but whatever, it happens. <laughs> I just did that on purpose. So, yeah, ah, there you go. Time to keep level building and finally get all your armor. And then eventually work your way to bug muck. Again, after hacking away and hacking away with those flowers mostly, and then eventually the turtles, partially to get more talons from them, but if you want to just quickly level build, you want to hack away at the flowers. I probably repeated myself 50 times with that, but um, yeah, <clears throat> once you get there, you can pretty much go to bug muck. If you can get the dog to at least level two, you're pretty much good to go. Because, um, well, once he gets to level three, you don't have to worry about building his uh, attack power again throughout the game. He's good to go for the rest of the game, him being the dog. Of course, in your case, every time you get a new weapon, you got to power it up again one way or another. But if you're not in the... This is a very important thing. Otherwise, you're going to spend a lot of time getting frustrated. And I guess it's all your prerogative, what you prefer to do. If it's... Uh, <clears throat> if uh, if you're not in this part of the game, the prehistoric part, like, say, you get to, um, you know, the, the next level, like Antica, and then, uh, you know, Gothica, and then ultimately Omnitopia, until you're able to travel... When you get like the flying devices and such, when you can come back to it, which is obviously a spoiler alert, but yeah, of course, big surprise, you're going to be able to do that, right? <laughs> but uh, once you're able to come back, that's a good time to level build those weapons if you want to. Um, you can level build them in the other levels in certain areas. Maybe there's a bunch of little rats and such, but it might be time consuming. It's kind of up to you how you want to go about that. 
Uh, I, I did some level building in certain areas, but other than that, it's time to get to bug muck here and now. Now, of course, we have to get there first. You go to the right screen and all that and kind of work your way around south, 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 past all the little holes. You want to sprint as much as you can to avoid them. Maybe pick up a treasure, so to speak, along the way, like four crystals and such. Once you go south enough, the music changes, and that's the song you heard just a moment ago. The Bugmuck. It's a fun, fun, entertaining place. Lots of oil and such, but yeah. You just kind of, again, work your way south and and all that it's pretty much self-explanatory where you go south to the right and ultimately north into what looks like a giant kind of bug stadium or something i don't know not a stadium but a bug area and again i don't need to describe every little spot you go along the way though you'll see a little cave like pretty early actually once you first get to the bug muck you want to go inside and you get to hear that cool merchant song like merchant in the cave song stuff right it's actually one of my favorites i tend to play that like around you know like afternoons like it's dark or getting a little like sunsetish, golden hour on like a nice kind of calm day it's enjoyable uh you ask him if he's uh strongheart but of course he's not because strongheart is actually trapped by that big giant bug you're gonna fight later on he says no but i know him i saw him only a few days ago he was walking towards the bug the big bug well no kidding <laughs> if you're going in after him, you should have another alchemy formula. Alchemy is quite useful. You take a little of this, a little of that, and poof, it's like magic. Let me give you the hardball formula. It's an effective weapon. Not really. But um, also, you need to understand, you need to be able to equip the weapon. So again, more introductory stuff, which is a lot of what this part of the show, part of the show is going to be. This one's probably going to be split into at least two parts, if not three. More than likely, kind of like the Zelda one. I'd almost rather just do all one big one, kind of like uh, <laughs> in television areas, but I don't know, maybe people don't like that. It kind of is what it is. But the hardball is <clears throat> not that big of a deal. It's one part crystal, one part clay. I never use it, ever. Um, you can, maybe you'll get into it, maybe you'll like it. You can also purchase ingredients, water, which is you know extremely inexpensive and good idea, oil, wax which is useful later on you can also use oil and wax of course for the flash formula which again you don't really need it crush is the formula you're going to use very often and heal there's only a few essentials because if you try to go overboard with all the different alchemy formulas you're going to spend more time with the formulas and barely enjoy the game at all 
So there's only a few formulas that I highly recommend in this game. Let's keep working our way towards the big bug and all that cool stuff. To talk about the monsters as well, there's these kind of skeletal, they look like snake, like cobra snake skeletons or something sticking up out of the oil. And what look like big giant maggots on the ground. And, you know, those are also, obviously, they, you know, you just, they're, they're not too complicated to beat. The, the, the long neck cobra type thingies, whatever they are. Eh, it's kind of, the animation on them is actually pretty cool. Uh, another monster I didn't mention is mosquitoes that go around, and the sound effect is actually quite <laughs> quite accurate and very familiar in this part of the, this, this neck of the woods in Minnesota. We're famous for saying that's our state bird here in the summer. Luckily, we haven't had so many lately. Why that is? I'm not sure. That's a little bit of a conspiracy theory on that one. So we'll get back to you on maybe freedom of thought for that one. <laughs> So again, you kind of want to try to work your way left as much possible. Then you get what looks like big giant legs, like skeletal legs. I, I don't know if it's a, yeah, they call it the big bug. It must have been a bug that, that was super gigantic, like bigger than, a, like, I don't know, like big as a building. <clears throat> Apparently it pretty much is, but obviously it's been dead forever. Gross. Gross. And yeah, you go inside and there's floor here. Like you're walking on the ground that looks like, you know, like old, you know, what do they call that? Exoskeleton remains of a gigantic bug and it becomes kind of a little bit of a maze it's not too complicated sometimes the floor collapses underneath you but you eventually work your way to the north and if you need a player's guide to kind of help you on the internet uh you know guide you the way through so you don't get irritated with the floor collapsing and have to backtrack but it's not that big of a deal it's not like you're going to get hurt or anything it just slows you down and it's annoying that's all it really is and of course, if the damn thing collapses and you can't go anywhere, you go to the edges and slide down just like a little, you know, shoots and ladders or something back in the day or whatever the heck. You know, I suppose not everybody had the big giant uh, uh, playgrounds. Most of you, most people are probably too young to remember that. But uh, some people still, some, some of them still exist, I suppose. But that's what you do when you run into like a dead end and you got to go back. So, oh goody. And once you're finally out of that obnoxious part, take a sigh of relief. It's not... It's not too complicated from here on. You just kind of work your way north, and you kind of occasionally have to go to the side and such. Mostly self-explanatory, not too complicated stuff. Just kind of working your way north, working your way to the east and west and such, around in the, the bug muck, the actual bug area, the thorax, you could say. We'll finally get to a boss at some point, if you're lucky. No, and of course, there's little treasures in the east and west parts, you can say, as you go out of, like, what, you, what would be the legs. Uh, funny how I can't carry any more pedals, but I can sure use one. So obviously what you do there, use the pedal when you need to heal up and then grab the new one, you know, out of the gourd-shaped treasure chest thing. And then, of course, you choose one of the different legs to kind of work your way. So now you're going east and west above where you were before. And then, yeah, we get another treasure, so to speak, more pedals. And okay, let's heal up a little more. <laughs> and then go to the next leg, basically like the next lower leg and kind of work your way into that uh, next section, then you finally, 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 <laughs> eventually get to the Thorax, or Thrax, Thrax is his name, boss. It's a, yep, entertaining battle, no doubt about it, and you'll get to hear the first boss music. In fact, this one has its own special song. This one, and like a, like a revised version of the Thrax, uh, takes over, as you're kind of in like the head of the, the big bug. The Thrax is an entertaining battle, no doubt about it.
So, now that you're finally at your first boss in the game, the reason why you built your bone up to pasta level 3, so to speak, and, and like being able to charge up the weapon, is self-explanatory here in terms of, well, it's not self-explanatory, it becomes evident. You have to kind of knock your way through the, the bones that kind of lead into the, the heart, believe it or not, of the bug, and charge the weapon up, charge the weapon up, you're holding the, the attack button down until it charges up twice from because it's level one once it's a hundred percent and you're holding it down it keeps charging charging to level three you let go and he delivers a pretty powerful blow to the heart of the bug and you get knocked back and then you just kind of hack your way through the bones or ribs you could say back inside the bug and keep fighting unfortunately this bug i said has some pretty powerful alchemy spells so you better be on your toes healing yourself frequently because at this part of the game, you don't have heal uh, the heal spell yet. You're all about petals and nectar or whatever. So very important note there. Uh, maybe dog biscuits for the dog to revive him if he dies. You hope he doesn't because you'd like to get the experience points. Um, just in case he, he he's magically dead when the bug finally kicks the bucket, so to speak. But it takes a few hits. Boy, that was extremely fast. So <laughs> just a couple of charged hits and the bug does die. And blows up like a machine, basically, because I believe it is a machine, which is, again, a spoiler alert. Yeah, it's a machine. It is. It's not an actual bug. <laughs> it doesn't really look like it's alive anyway. So, <laughs> and then, now you get a something called a spider claw, which is the first axe in the game. And you'll notice something is kind of, some somebody or something is kind of webbed up, almost like what a spider does to a, uh, like a captured bug, like a mosquito or something. You take the axe, you swing at it, and there's Strongheart. Woohoo! And he will then, uh, yep, thank you. He says, you're a brave adventurer indeed. Thank you for saving me. I am Strongheart from the village of Fire Eyes. I'm a member in good standing of the Nobilian <laughs> Order of Alchemists. Well, that's nice to know. I'm Philip Gustafson, and this is my dog, Jesper Volstedt. He hasn't been himself lately. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just have fun with the names. I'm very happy to meet you both. I was searching for alchemy ingredients when I stumbled upon that monster. If you didn't come along and save me, I would have been eaten alive by a machine. But, well, I don't know. Maybe it isn't a machine. I, it's a machine. It blows up. Bugs don't blow up, do they? Please take this gift with my thanks. Ten wax and ten oil. Yay. Good luck, Philip Gustafson. Unfortunately, he doesn't give you heal either, but he will give you cure later, which is a status ailment uh, recovery. So now you kind of work your way back. And all that will continue from there. Along the way back to the village, you can pick up a few treasures, so to speak, along the way. Maybe not major treasures, but, well, Mammoth Guard is good. It's just kind of like as you kind of go left outside of the front of the bug muck where you just came from, or big bug, I guess they call it, not bug buck. Uh, you go to the left a little bit, you pick up a couple crystals in like one of the gourds, but then to the south there's a Mammoth Guard. So that's like a, the level 2 version of the bracelet or whatever. So, yeah, so now you have a little bit more defense. That helps. After that, you kind of go north for a, a screen or so. And then when you get to uh, a gourd that's kind of like, say, you can't go north anymore and kind of to the side of you is, you know, beneath you, so to speak, is the place where you got the jaguar tooth. Well, go to the right. You can actually get a couple items there. But then you're going to keep going right after you get those items. And there is a alchemist guy which who will give you acid rain. So that's always cool. Well, you look like you've been through a lot. <laughs> there are a lot of bugs and baddies out there. They are probably giving you a hard time. 
It's like, you're telling me, you know. <laughs> Here's something that should help you out in the sand tarn lava. It's called the acid rain formula. Three parts water and one part ash. And it'll have a potent con concoction, pardon me. Another one that you don't necessarily need, but go ahead and equip it for now because you have room. Because you can equip and unequip uh, alchemies. And, you know, obviously later on. You can also purchase ingredients. Clay, you can get uh, pretty inexpensive for only 30 talents. Water, this is the cheapest part of what This is the cheapest place to buy water in the entire game. Because you're literally right next to water. He sells it to you for uh, five or only 20 talents. So I say max out all the way up to 99 if you can. Unfortunately, you can only buy in intervals of five. So sometimes you might wind up at 97, 98, 96, 95. Luckily, I magically had the exact amount that I could get to uh, 99. So that's always good. Now continue to head left towards the village area, but actually go into the lower area where Strongheart is back in his house. Because you'll, no you'll notice now you can cut. So that's good. You can cut with that axe. You can choose to level build here. It's up to you. You don't have to. You can choose to level build it up. It's it's good to. You can. And it's, of course, a little stronger than the bone, you know, the, uh, the axe. But now you can cut through the little plants you couldn't get through before, which gives you more accessibility in the game. And actually, probably the best place to build up real fast uh, when you kind of cut to the, you know, you're in that same area where all those, you know, Goomba-looking things, not Goomba, but uh, turtles, shells, turtles, and all that. Um, prehistoric turtles were and all those plants. The northern part, and you kind of cut around really close to the village, there's a bunch of flowers there you can kill real quick in one hit, and that can help build up your item faster. Otherwise, the turtles give you more talons and all that, so and more experience. So there's that side. It's up to you. Otherwise, when you get into the village, go south. Don't talk to Fire Eyes right away. Go south first and go meet up with uh, Strongheart and get the Cure spell. Or uh, alchemy, anyway. So even though he says, let's talk to Fire Eyes, let's not and say we did. Go south first. Because now, of course, what you're doing when you're in that, you know, the south area, basically, where you started the game, you can cut, like I said. You can cut with the axe, head towards the left as much as you can, the north, you know, the northwestern part of this area, this the south jungle, you can say. And uh, obviously pick up items along the way, including the shell hat, which is the level two helmet in the game. Good. So, and equip it right away, of course. So, that's always a good thing. Go into the little hut. There's Strongheart. He's very happy to see you, I'm sure. Hello, Philip. Yeah, we don't need to say the name anymore. You get the idea. Please take this cure formula. It'll, it'll cure you from poison and other ills. So, yes, it's very, very important you get this. Uh, it requires two parts root and one part oil. Uh, I always like to make sure everything is lined up as well. If this makes sense, it's probably better to do a video. You kind of unequip and re-equip everything, and then they're lined up. Like Acid Rain is lined up with the graphic, and Cure is lined up with its graphic, and Flash, and so on and so forth. So everything's alphabetical, which is obviously a good thing. This is a good place to buy roots as well. Roots. You don't need to max out right now, but yeah, you'll want to. And of course, you're going to get the heal formula, which restores hit points, which is insanely important once you get to the elephant graveyard. We're not quite there yet, but super duper duper shortly. And if you want to know that you have more access, you can kind of hack away and look for treasures and such in here. Otherwise, go up to the village and uh, yeah, we'll get the defend formula and of course talk to Fire Eyes. Woohoo! <laughs> but I say get the defend formula first. And you could level build in this area as well, but it's up to you. I like the other area better. I think it's more, you know, accessible. You can kind of get to everything, hack away and all that cute stuff. So, what the heck. 
But now that we're back in the village anyway, sorry, you want to go to the, uh, again, you're in the village. Instead of going to Fire Eyes Little Hut, go to the northwest as far as you can north. Obviously, there's dead ends along the way, so work your way up northwest where we found a bunch of treasures kind of in that hidden little area. Well, now there should be an alchemist in there. Yes, there is. And you can get the develop formula here. Uh, defend formula. You saved uh, Strongheart in the Bugmuck. Well done. Nice save. Nice save. Okay, yes, thank you. I'm Philip Gustafson. And yes, thank you for the nice save there. I can help you defend yourself in future battles with an old recipe. It's called the, uh, it's called the formula of defend. One part clay, one part ash, and it helps your defensive abilities. Okay, so now you have defend. This is the only part of the game you can get it. If you wait, he will not be there, and you will never get defend. So, get it now, get it now. I also believe the little, uh, you know, because the little hut next to you, which sells armor, later on, he actually upgrades the armor, but it kind of depends. Some of it you find on your own, but there's actually, again, like I said, three levels of each armor. Let's finally go to Fire Eyes and move on to the game, as we're going to end up going into the uh, volcano and all that. Fire Eyes says, I hear you were victorious in the four regions of the Bugmuck. Well, it was a bug hunt, but we got out of it okay. And we got a nifty claw, too. It's like an axe. Well, that's that's great. <laughs> that's, how, that's how she responds. I don't know. It's just, you, can just, you can just see the Garfield and uh, the Garfield sense of humor in this game. It's hilarious. You know, like Garfield, that's great. Okay. Strongheart has returned to his hut south of the village. Yes, I already went there. Thank you for that. <laughs> And now the village has faced, uh, now the village faces a new crisis. The volcano to the north is rapidly cooling down. If this trend continues, we could have an ice age on our hands. Sounds a lot like something when they were talking about that in the like back in the 70s and then and then things changed to something else in the late 90s. Hmm. Still waiting on that ice age, but yeah, along with the uh, the earth burning up, but anyhow, I'd like to help you, but I've really got to start looking for a way back home. That would be, again, that's me, you know, saying that to her. She says, your best bet might be to track down the source of this atmospheric icing. You see, I'm originally from Podunk, too. Ooh, there you go. See, she's from Golden Valley also. Okay, I'm just kidding. My grandpa is an inventor who lived in the mansion on the hill. He made a machine that could send people to their worlds of their own design. See, that's what Evermore is. See, now we're figuring out what it is. Since I enjoy all things prehistoric, I dreamed up this world of cave people and dinosaurs. I was supposed to be here for a couple of hours, but it's been a couple of decades. In fact, three, because 65 to 95. Yep, it's 1965. Imagine that. And she has an age a, a day, interestingly. Now and again, I sense evidence of outside influences on our world. Yep, that would be your actual bad guy. We'll find out who that is later. This recent drop in temperature could be the work of someone from the real world. Yes, thank you. And that person has control over the vicious volcano vipers. If you go to the source at the center of the volcano, you might find something, someone or something that could lead you back home. And you just might save our village at the same time. And then the young man says, or me or whatever, I love this kind of stuff. Wow, this is like what happens in the Pale People of Planet 5. It's about a bunch of astronauts who get stuck on an exact replica of Earth, only it's populated by zombies, vampires, and, well, actually, this isn't like that at all. <laughs> and then she comes back with her Garfield personality. If you're finished with your little anecdote, I can give you the ability to call me in difficult situations. 
she gave us three, uh, six call beads, which you can use where the four different characters that uh, were involved in that whole situation that created these four different worlds you'll find out about, the other three anyway. She says, if you need my help in big battles, you can throw a call bead onto the ground. I'll appear in a flash. You'll be able to summon one of my spells. So that's basically all it is. It's kind of like another alchemy formula in a lot of ways. Sometimes it's stronger. No offense, but how can a girl, how can a girl help a couple of adventurers like us? Meaning like a little girl. I've learned a few tricks since I've been here. Let me show you why they call me Fire Eyes. Get ready for some more Garfield humor, folks. She goes out to the fire pit. She says, step, step back. You step back. And fire comes out of her eyes and lights the fire. And then she says, call me if you need my help. That's the Garfield side. Like, yeah, I think I got this, buddy. You, you think I'm nothing? I could burn you, bub. So, yeah. With that, we're going to head north after maybe you rest at the... Uh, in, so to speak, and save your game, which I highly recommend. You can level build the, the axe if you want. You don't have to. You can also, uh, we're also going to be able to acquire some more armor and all that along the way. Figure out where the heck we're going. We're going to be ending up in the swamp so shortly, coming up. So now we're going to work our way north. You notice the flowers are orange instead of uh, blue, so they're worth a little bit more and they damage, or yeah, they, they're worth a little more. They damage you a little bit more. Plus they, <clears throat> they kind of like grab you in like a Venus flytrap. And you're stuck for a little bit as they drain your energy. Not the hardest thing in the world, but irritating, to say the least. Once you go in that northern jungle area with, say, like the orange flowers and stuff, work your way to the northwest. So northwest, again, seems to be the key. You go into the cave, talk to the guy, and he actually sells some armor. So this is this is your level 2 stuff. So, uh, uh, and yeah, later you can buy level three stuff uh, in the village, but you end up finding some of it. The only thing new here, since you've already found the shell hat and the mammoth guard, is the shell plate. Buy it. Buy it. It's that simple. And of course, if you didn't find the other stuff, buy it. <laughs> so, but more than likely you found it. It's kind of not too difficult. So that way you can save some money. You already have it. Then as you uh, kind of start heading east there after you're done, because you want to eventually go further north, you'll notice there's a big giant rock blocking a cave. So, well, obviously you're going to need something to move that rock. We'll find out what that is soon. And now as you continue north, you get one of the best soundtracks in the entire game, or tracks, you know, parts of the sound <laughs> in the entire game. The Mammoth Graveyard. Enjoy. <laughs> You'll notice if you let the track play long enough that it's actually like the intro song if you're fortunate enough to have the um, if you're fortunate enough to have the original soundtrack on CD or say well I guess these days you download stuff you can find bits and pieces but you know how there's instrumental parts on the actual original CD soundtrack that's basically worth a fortune it was worth 50 bucks 20 years ago which I magically found on eBay 20 years ago I was very happy. Um, there's a really, like, yeah, there's some instrumental music at the beginning, instrumental versions of the songs, 
And <clears throat> the crazy or the exciting kind of adventurous sounding song is a little bit uh, like about a minute into this particular song. You also, again, as you head north into the Mammoth Graveyard, you get a small boss, like a mini boss to fight. It's called a, <laughs> yeah. For some reason, they're called vipers. They look like little dinosaurs, but they're called vipers. So they don't look like snakes. <laughs> but, um, yep, they, yeah, that's your battle. You, they're basically mini bosses. There's four pink ones, and eventually you'll fight like a, a gray one. It was like the boss of the, of, of the group. Obviously, charged up weapons will help because, you know, and if you build up your alchemy, good for you. And more than likely, the dog is powered up to at least level two in, in sense. So set him to level two in the uh, action grid, so to speak. You get, it's on the side or it's like zero, one, two. Set him to level two so he can hit harder, basically charge up and hit these vipers harder. And basically, it's good to have the dog pretty charged up most of the game anyway. And the boss version, which comes out after you defeat the four Vipers, he's the Viper Commander, which I think is a really cool name. Yeah. <laughs> it even goes with the, the mini-boss music, Viper Commander, Viper Commander. <laughs> victory you get the horn spear which you have to charge in order to fight the major boss coming up uh, which is a gigantic snake in the swamp we'll get to that in a little bit but you also get the crucial heal spell for the or heal alchemy formula uh, i thank you for defeating the vipers and they treat the sacred mammoth graveyard as if it were only a source of bones and tusks yep so yep vipers it's like yeah that's a viper he says lizard people from the great volcano They've been coming out in force lately, raiding the graveyard for mammoth parts. Okay, so that's very interesting. The boy says, we'll stop. I probably shouldn't read all the dialogue or this podcast is going to go on forever and I'm going to bore you. So some of it's cool, though. Um, yeah, <laughs> basically, the man ends up trusting you because you mentioned fire eyes and he lets you through the gate and then he will offer to heal you. Say no, even though, um, just say no. Then he'll actually give you some items instead and he does give you the formula. So he gives you the formula heal, which is probably about as valuable an item as you're going to get in the or alchemy in the entire game, because without heal, you're stuck with items only, and those run out pretty quick. So yeah, and then you get ten parts of oil and ten parts of crystal. I guess it's not that exciting, but that's what he would give you, you know, if you say no about healing. So also again, you want to level build that spear, and you want to also level build the uh, the heal spell. So. Because things get a little tough ahead. The good news is you should have enough ingredients to be able to level build the heal spell quite a bit uh, if you want. So it's only like casting it 10 times or something to get to level 1. So pretty good. So <laughs> level 1, level 2, whatever they'd call it. I believe it's level 1. You start as like level 0 basically. Um, yep, and that's how you build up alchemy spells. Just using them over and over and over again. Um, but And then later on before you know you're almost done with this area... Before you go into the volcano, stock up from Strongheart, south of the village, but uh, on roots and water as much as possible. Get into the upper 90s or, yeah, get into the upper 90s if you can. It shouldn't be too expensive to be able to do it. 
Plus, again, you find stuff along the way, but that's like, you know, not a big, not, not that great way of stocking up your items. It's better to just buy them. You're also going to be uh, bumping into raptors for the first time. Much, much more difficult bad guys or monsters or whatever uh, than anything else so far in this part of the game. Um, to get the best armor in this area, work your way to the northeast for a bit till you enter a cave. And the door slams behind you, a rock. You will have three raptors, one-on-one -on -one with three raptors. So you can kind of level build the heal spells you're fighting these guys. <laughs> and once you defeat them, you get the best armor this part of the game, which is the dino skin. A uh, fun bit that I did many years ago was like, get dino skin, get dino skin. Yep, you want to go get it because it's a really, really nice upgrade for armor. Yes, you just bought the, uh, the shell plate, which was, well, yeah, buy it. But, <laughs> but once you get the dino skin, you go from three defense to seven big difference buddy of course you can uh you want to use the powered up weapons of course again let it charge hold the button down probably the bone here because i haven't at this stage that i'm playing this i haven't built up the axe enough yet i will be building up the spear but i just wanted to get the dino skin now because that's how i am uh and you can just heal 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 like crazy it's not as hard as it may seem even though it's pretty intimidating at first and of course if you have the dog powered up uh, automatically where he automatically attacks at at least level two you should be okay Awesome feeling. You receive the dino skin. Again, like I said, seven. Seven. That's a big jump from three to seven. Or four to seven, sorry. Big jump, though, either way. But like I said, before you go any further into the swamp or anything, to the uh, which was ultimately north and to the, um, the right, which would be east, go back close to the village and build up that spear. You have to in order to defeat the boss coming up, the big giant snake. So just do it. <laughs> just do it. And once you have everything built up, head north, as far north as you can go, you can get to the area where it's basically kind of like, <clears throat> kind of like the, uh, the like outside the volcano per se, not the bottom of it because of course you have the rock in the way. Now we have to kind of work our way up to the top by just standing on little. You could say they're kind of like discs on the ground that shoot you up. It's like an air pocket that shoots you upward. So kind of work your way up, kind of figure it out as you go. There's one on the ground. See, there's one disc on the ground, but there's another that's covered by uh, plants, I guess. You basically want to cut, cut that one. That way you can actually go up to what will eventually be the correct place. You go up, go into what I believe is the left cave. Yes, the little left cave or opening, whatever. You, get, you shoot down a bit, and then there's one disc to jump on, and that is the most powerful one that shoots you up to the top of the volcano. Quick and easy. And up there, you can finally get what is the levitate formula, but you don't have the ingredients. You have to get the mud pepper. And that's where the swamp comes in next. So basically, it's a mud pepper and water. That's basically the two ingredients for that alchemy formula. So let's uh, kind of go down a bit and head to the east once you get a chance and then you're finally in the swamp. You heard the, the sound just a minute ago, what it's like, provided I have the correct sound bite in there. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I do <laughs> by the time I 
by the time you're hearing it. So, <clears throat> once you're finally there, it's kind of a maze of stuff, and you get a new uh, character called a Frippo. It's like a frog that's part hippopotamus. Right. Yeah, it's the size of a little frog, but it has a hippopotamus-like face, I guess, and nose and everything. Okay. Well, anyhow, <laughs> um, you kind of work your way eventually to the east as much as you can. Step on lily pads that kind of start to appear as you walk. It creates a pathway. And then there's, again, you can kind of venture around trying to figure out different ways to go. Some of the frippos actually trigger openings. So kill as many of them as you can, especially when you get to a dead end. If there's a frippo hop, hopping around, kill it. Isn't that just mean? We're killing frippos. But I suppose it's a fantasy world created by a computer in the 1960s, apparently. So you're not really hurting anything. Eh, really? Um, I, I don't know. But as you kind of get towards the east, sometimes you end up going back west, backtrack this way, but going up in a different direction. There's stuff like that and all kinds of different treasures and such along the way. But again, when you get to dead ends, if there's frippos, oftentimes it will trigger an opening where a lily pad will open up. It'll trigger, trigger a new path. So that's a important thing. In some cases, you'll want to be able to throw the spear because maybe the, the trigger frippo is across like a, a divide, so to speak. So yeah, <laughs> now that you have a powered up spear, you're going to easily beat the main, the main boss of this area, which is a gigantic snake, spoiler alert. And of course, you'll also, again, be able to, you know, hit all the, the, the frippos that you need to from a distance and make the level quite easier to be quite fair. You also should have the dog powered up by this time, I and mean, he's probably already already completely like weapon built, so to speak. Like, yeah, he can try, he can power up to level three. I say have him set to power up to level two and fight. Maybe not all the way fight, but closer to fight than search. Basically, that kind of thing, where he'll still search a little bit, but he'll focus a lot on fighting and he'll kill a lot of the monsters for you very quickly because the dog is very, very strong throughout the entire game, even when he's a cute little poodle in the Gothica part of the game. It's kind of like the angry video game nerd, though, when you're walking around killing the frippos. Who goes through the jungle shooting frogs? You know, but, well, who goes through the jungle jungle spearing frogs? I don't know, but frogs that look like hippos, spear them. Just, just spear them. Just, just skewer them. You know, they, they taste good on kebab, too, just, just so you know. Well, maybe they would if they existed, but I guess we'll never know, will we? To be fair, it can get frustrating a little bit, figuring out where the heck to go. Yeah, but you'll figure it out kind of over the course of time. And of course, there's plenty of guides throughout the internet. I'm not going to just go piece by piece by piece by piece and guide you, but you'll get the general idea. And, you know, of course, again, there's maps all over like game facts and such places that can help you out with that. If you're not completely sure, it's not that difficult, though. You should be fine. Honest to God. One of the keys to kind of get you to a completely different area is all those um, like it almost looks like a tree, tree house looking bridges type of things. You can just walk on them like wood, wood, wood bridges and such. They can take you to kind of a new general area. And again, I've said a million times, kill frippos that are kind of hopping around by themselves. Sometimes you want to throw the spear at one that's a little ways away that you can't reach because it just might open a path for you. And it might not. And once again, one of them is again like your <laughs> is a trigger frippo is a ways away from you, and you throw the spear at it because you can't reach it. Does open a path that ultimately does lead to the end. Of again, as you you ultimately head north, uh, at that stage, once the path opens, you go east and then north, and then you get to the big big snake and get to hear the major boss song for the first time in this game.
guy, of course, uh, asks you for help and so on and so forth. And then the battle begins. The battle begins indeed. It's a big, big son of a gun. No doubt about it. Uh, the trick here, of course, is pretty simple. What did I talk about a hundred times? The, the monster is ultimately called the Salabog, okay, whatever that means. It's a big giant snake in a bog, I guess. Um, but no, the trick is, like, again, why did I have you power up the spear? Stand back and charge it up and throw the spear at the snake. Simple. And eventually you'll kill him. He's got, I believe, 2,000 hit points. So, you know, it's going to take a little while, but not that long. Because, of course, every time you hit him, he kind of goes back under, and you got to wait for him to come back up, and then you throw the spear again. I mean, there's three different areas. There's to the right, the left, and the center. So you kind of walk around and eventually kill him. He's not that hard. Just be patient, that's all. And, of course, the most common thing of all, don't get too close because he will do severe damage to you. He's pretty strong. And the most annoying aspect of throwing the spear at enemies in this game is, you guessed it, occasionally it'll say miss. It just will drive you to shatter the TV screen because it happens way too often and oftentimes the monster's coming right at you like a raptor and it flipping misses and guess what? You get hit and they don't. Great. And then the satisfying explosions when you finally kill the big guy. Because it's a, it's a pretty significant boss. That's why you get that intense music. And there's a few bosses in this game. Yeah, it's like perfect music. It's, a, again, a, a turning point of the game, honestly, uh, in a lot of ways. He's, you know, uh, well, you're not at the end or anything. Eventually, you're going to go into the volcano. That's the end of this part of the game, the prehistorica and all that such. And I'm already over an hour, well over an hour into the game. The guy says, thanks to you, it's sunk for sure. That would be the snake. Good job. Uh, no problem. You can call me Blimp. I work with swamp gas and fume bugs. <laughs> See, I have to read this. Oh, that explains the stench. Hmm, I haven't noticed. Come on in, kid. I'll show you the, I'll show you my place. That's the funny part. Yeah, anybody that smells bad or is around that kind of thing, they don't notice it because they're so used to it. Scary. It's not the great caverns of Makanda, but it's home. Okay, that's nice. <laughs> Well, if you like mud walls and leaf floors, it's pretty nice, says the main character. I don't have much to offer you in a way of thanks for saving my hut, but yeah, ultimately you wind up with the mud pepper, which is, you know, uh, an item that is super valuable. Unfortunately, you only get one, so obviously, but luckily you don't just use levitation blindly. You have to have something to target to levitate, and that is rocks on the ground. That's the only thing you levitate in the game. It's off and on. Uh, eventually, much later in the game, well, not much later, but once you get past this part, you can buy uh, mud peppers from Blimp in the Antica part. That's the next era, so to speak, of the game, the next plateau, so to speak. But this one he'll give to you for free, and you can get more later on if you need to. But you can also find mud peppers along the way in the volcano because there are more rocks to levitate. So it's an option to go all the way back to the swamp here and go get the mud pepper for free from Blimp or find them in the little gourds in the volcano. And it's pretty linear. It's pretty easy to find. It's not a big problem. So go that route instead when you get there. Simple, simple. So now we're going to make our way to that volcano, to that rock, and lift that son of a gun. Lift it up. Lift it. Lift it. But obviously before you go into the cave, go to the... <laughs> Try to go back to Strongheart again south of the village and buy all the ingredients to fill up heal, basically, to get you know as much water and roots as you can carry. That would be extremely wise because you're moving on to the next part of the game after you beat the volcano. So just buy it up, buy it up, buy it up because talons are a lot, you know, talons, you know, buying stuff with talons is a lot uh, less expensive than buying stuff 
with jewels, which is the next currency, so to speak. Another thing as well, in the actual village, go to the armor place again, because he has some new stuff. He has some new stuff. This is where you can buy it. Uh, the leather collar is the same. Buy the claw guard and buy the dino helm. Now you have the dino skin, the dino helm, and the claw guard. Those are the three best uh, uh, armor items for the boy. You know, the main character, so to speak, in this game. Equip it. So yes, very important to go there before you go into the volcano because the dino helm goes from, the defense goes from three to six. That's a massive jump. The claw guard goes from two to five. Massive, massive jump. So yeah, that way, you know, you have the right stuff and you're full, you're uh, yep, all built up with strong uh, <laughs> prehistoric armor, so to speak. See, and if he didn't get defend yet, it would already be gone. That's how quick it is. You have that very, very small window in the game to get it. So very important before you go into the volcano, do that foist, do that foist. Of course, then it's time to lift the rock and enter the volcano. How exciting indeed. yes the volcano at long last and of course if you have all your weapons powered up it's a good thing because you're going to be fighting against those creatures called vipers again which are kind of like small dinosaurs of course you already know what they are uh and of course again it's a fairly linear level and you do not have to go back to the swamp to get the levitate uh, mud peppers so yeah you can actually just power them up uh, or pick them up as you continue through the level so you'll meet dead ends just go the other way basically and work your way towards all those little gourds that have treasures inside of them so that's obviously a common sense strategy uh the weapon i would recommend here if you have it powered up to level three and so you can you know charge it to level three and whack the heck out of these guys is the axe uh it's an underutilized weapon that i you know i hadn't used much in the past uh i would always kind of like overlook the spider claw like ah what the heck you know like the bone you know was powered up already and uh, otherwise you know once you have the spear hell yeah you know that's the way to go but in this place you can you meet up with more kind of hand-to-hand type of combat it seemed like and i think the axe really comes in handy you just whack the heck out of these sobs so i would recommend that so basically what happens is you just kind of keep going 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 until you get to a dead end with a gourd and you wind up with the mud pepper, the next mud pepper, so you can pick up the next rock basically with the levitate. Simple, right? And there's also parts, as you continue to progress through this part of the level, where you'll see rocks up on ledges. You just knock them off the ledge with your weapon and voila, you get the path opened up a bit to another treasure or whatever the heck it is. In a lot of cases, it's, yeah, it's ultimately leading yourself to the mud pepper that you're going to need to lift the next rock that's blocking the next path and blah, 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 blah. 
and now you work your way into the I could call it kind of the upper area where you're away from all the molten lava and such and it's kind of like you know a little cave maze and you kind of work your way around and such event uh, there's a certain area where you can find a secret I'm gonna see if I can make sure I can find that for you quickly that's ultimately to the right you're gonna go up and down and to the left to the right to the left you progress to the level but there's a part where you can go to the right as you go down I believe it's the first way up up yep yep you kind of go up down um yep you go up up down you go up left down down twice I believe once or twice and then ultimately there's a little secret kind of through the wall right you can you can kind of see them if you if you're you know if you're aggressive you like pay attention closely and all that and he will actually give you a up he talks to you about how the vipers are going after themselves they're cooling down the outside world and such and then yep it says our heroes helping he gives you the speed formula which is quite valuable i don't use it too much but it's you know still valuable particularly a lot of people would like to be able to move around a little quicker without running and all that's valuable in a very dangerous battle it's one part of wax and two parts of water and you're in business so that's literally what he says and i like that speed is a valuable one and you can record your progress as well so just in case things don't work out so hot uh, later on i'm surprised they say i can't carry more water I, ah, okay uh, apparently <laughs> otherwise from there you go to the kind of you kind of go back up into the the left little area and go down basically like the left part of the room and go down and they just kind of keep working your way down for a while, working down, pretty linear, pick up stuff along the way, fight vipers if you want to, but you can avoid them if you want to as well. The dog might find some stuff, you know, digging around. And then, yeah, you just kind of follow the path, basically. <laughs> and there's a couple areas, yeah, there's one where you can go up, it's a dead end, but pick up some, uh, you know, <clears throat> ingredients, so to speak. Ultimately, keep going towards the right after that so on and so forth and then it's finally ultimately when you get there you get the last mud pepper or you can get past the <laughs> the rock that was blocking your way um back in the lava area so always the most exciting part now to mention that mud pepper is owned by a boss viper so you got to fight that boss viper viper commander better name actually sounds much cooler and you hack away at him until you get the the final mud pepper and then work your way back to the lava area so to speak and lift that last rock lift that rock baby lift it lift it and after you lift that rock you get into kind of a sewer area i'm not sure where a sewer would be in prehistorica but i guess so <laughs> um you basically have two paths to choose from sometimes i forget and of course there's maps on the internet as well uh, where you can basically learn the path on your own it's funny because if you take the, the right side that's actually the end so that's basically that's actually the end but it's closed so you actually have, have to go to you have to work your way all the way around to the other side to open the switch and then come back here again so ultimately that's the end of the level once you're able to do that so again you can look up little maps and such which way to go of course you're going to go left to the uh to the left one but then again work your way around you can run real fast with the sewer and all that but again try to work your way around and every time you fall down in the the wrong one you end up back at the beginning not long after that again which is always the funnest part of all but you'll figure it out pretty quickly it's nothing too crazy honestly and of course the place you're supposed to go is the is the path you can see that looks like some kind of a skull on the wall as you're entering you know so it's like the opposite you know pit or whatever the heck you'd call it to the beginning one that you first noticed well which is technically the end one 
<laughs> whatever you call it. The beginning, the end, yeah, you just figure it out, I guess, with the maps. Ultimately, it's not all that hard. You kind of work your way to the farthest outer edge of, like, the pathway, so to speak, and then work your way around to that pit, so to speak. Interestingly enough, there's a viper there that's actually a good guy. You, when you try to hit him, so to speak, he says, hey, it'll be, hey you don't have to do that. I'm, I'm on your side, so to speak, or I'm one of the good guys. And he'll actually record your progress. So that way you don't have to do this crap again once you figure it all out. And yeah, so now you go to that original right pipe, so to speak, and down you go into the final parts of the level. Woohoo, good stuff. And now you start noticing, this is the first time you're going to notice of several of these evil twins of the other characters that are from Podunk. In this case, Fire Eyes' evil twin. <clears throat> she basically tells you, hello, kiddo. He says, fire off, fire eyes. She says, you're called. And then, yeah, there's a little interaction back and forth. Hey, sis, hot enough for you? So they kind of talk back and forth, so to speak. I'm your evil twin. I'm here to take over. We're going to try to cut everything off to wipe people out. She says, that's the idea. Yep, it's a, it's a big, big machine, I guess, that's somehow filtering the heat. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't think anybody could do that in real life, but, well, that's why it's a fantasy world, I suppose. Then my vipers and I could take over your world, so to speak. And then the battle begins. You fight a big, giant rock creature, and it's fun, fun stuff. Unfortunately, in this battle, well, yeah, you don't have, like, a powerful spell yet, and you could die very quickly if you're not ready to go, so heal often. And in this case, again, I recommend the spear, throwing it at him at the end of the day. The boss's name is... Magmar. That's what I thought. Okay, yep. So basically, again, you probably want the long-range weapon to throw at this guy to beat him. And he's not that hard, but he's not that easy either. Just battle away. Just kind of beat him. That's all I got to tell you about that one. And when you beat him, it's a heck of a relief because he's pretty tough. And you don't exactly have the crush spell yet, which makes a lot of boss fights much, much, much easier. Once it's built, anyway. You receive 900 talons. You celebrate holding your weapon up in the air, saying, Wahoo, we did it. The evil twin returns, and basically he's like, okay, you sons of biscuits, you've won the battle but not the war, you want it hot, here you go, I'll give you heat, boom, and you get blown to, well, you, you survive, you don't die or anything, you think you would, in real life you'd be deader than a doornail even just being in the volcano, but no kidding, um, but I guess it was cooled down somehow, hmm, so, so that's what they're doing, okay, I'll leave it alone, <laughs> but yeah, you get shot up way high in the air, wind up land you know wind up magically landing on a raft type of uh, object somehow by a miracle it looks like a gigantic turtle shell that's you know obviously the turtle's long gone unfortunately in prehistorica you go down a river and down the plateau so to speak because that's what this game is all about plateaus and such and you wind up in crustacea welcome to the next part of the game
you'll quickly notice your dog is missing, so that'll be the first part of this new world, so to speak, Crustacea, so to speak. Antica, well, Crustacea is the city, so to speak, where you're at right now. Antica is um, the actual era, so to speak, the four, one of the four quarters of the game, so to speak. Um, you'll also have to change your money. So when you go to the first shop, there'll be buy items, sell items, change money. So do change your money because you have zero jewels. For uh, You'll get one jewel for two talents, kind of like the American dollar these days. Yeah, um, but at least you should have enough uh, to, to get somewhere, so to speak, a few thousand jewels after exchanging because of as uh, long as you level build enough in the first you know part of the game, so to speak, building up weapons, you probably build up a ton of talent, uh, talons, not talents, but talents, and then you go from there. What I recommend, though, is obviously go to the inn and save because you beat a major boss and all that. So kind of start from there and start looking for your doggy and all that cute stuff. But of course, before you can really do that, you want to get some better armor. You'll also notice there's, uh, like when you climb up the ship area, of course, like I was saying, you buy some, uh, you can buy some herbs, essence, all that kind of stuff to help you, nectar, whatever. And then where the inn was, like I just saved and all that stuff. There's like a little pulley type of uh, stand that you can walk on, you can go onto. It'll lower you down back to where, you know, you were at the bottom of the surface. But yeah, but now that you've lowered it down, you'll have access to it forever. You can go right back up again. Isn't that great? So it'll always kind of be around. Save you a little teeny bit of time wandering up and down the stairs and such. It's pretty cool. Uh, other than that, you can use the stairs again. Yep, you'll want to use the stairs to the left, so to speak, to get kind of onto the ship. You can talk to a few people, learn about the great city across the desert and all that. Convince the ghost pirate to give you passage across the sand. And, yeah, that's a, eh, well, we'll get to that in a minute. First, we're going to want to get the crush spell and all that. But even before that, go inside the ship, talk to the uh, pirate or, you know, rogue or whatever. He, he's a rogue, basically, is what he is. He says, hello, matey, you'll be wanting some of my armor. It's the best. Yes, do buy it. Now that you've exchanged money, you could exchange money there or in the item shop. Buy all the armor, and hopefully you can afford it after level building for quite a while. You probably should be able to, including do buy the spiky collar, even though the dog isn't around, because when you gain control of the dog, you can equip it. So, of course, buy the, you know, the bronze helmet, bronze armor, and the serpent bracer, and equip it immediately, because when you're going to want to, uh, you know, level build, so to speak, coming up here, you'll want to be stronger, because you're placing much stronger correct creatures than before. So, simple logic there. And despite the fact you had literally the level three slash the, you know, the best, the, the best stuff you could possibly get in the Prehistorica, you're still pretty much doubling your defensive power buying what would this be the weakest, uh, the weakest armor in this part of the game, in the um, Antica part. So, yep, there's always three levels. This is like the level one stuff. You'll get level two stuff and even potentially level three stuff when you go into the, the great city, as they call it, across the desert. Woo. Now that you're done with all of that, make your way down, back down again via the stairs or the uh, whatever that thing is, the pulley elevator, so to speak. Uh, wake your, yeah, make yourselves, uh, work yourself to the right, so to speak. And then when you're on the next screen, go up the cave, so to speak. It'll take you up to another level and go inside the next cave and walk in. And guess what? There's Blimp with the head of that snake you recently destroyed. And he will uh, say hello and great to see you. I don't know where my dog is, blah, blah, blah. But, um, yep, <laughs> he was saying he escaped down basically with a swamp of essence of uh, mud pepper. So that's cool. Stuff from his swamp. He's saying, oh, the place is different from the other world and all that. 
you then mention your dog where the heck could he be and then yep now you're the dog so go ahead and equip the spike uh the spiky color right away you go from five defense to 42 42 you might uh, yeah so pretty good idea jump across the lily pads people say hi this is cool nice to meet you and everything this is you know nice to see you little puppy go inside the castle you know the palace i guess it's called and then there's kind of some funny humor inside so to speak but you also get kind of a hint of who the bad guy might be your uh <laughs> and all that who the bad guy at the end of the game might be much later on and also you don't get to see the face of the leader of this a place so hmm i wonder who he might who he might be one thing very important you'll also notice that the dog has changed shape now that you're in a different era and i do believe i mentioned it earlier but to reinforce that the dog will change shape at each different era now he looks like a like a kind of like a greyhound and such and he looks exactly like this sacred dog so to speak that these people over on the other side of the uh desert believe in so huh hmm so they're like oh that's the sacred dog so interesting <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of entertaining and such but now you get the best spell in the entire game yes it is the best spell in the game it's the only real offense spell you're going to really want and again this is another part where if you want everything to kind of line up unequip all the spells you know because they're in alphabetical order unequip all the spells that are you know like under crush so to speak and then re-equip from crush on and then everything is lined up which i think is just i don't know maybe it's me being um uh whatever that word is uh obsessive compulsive or whatever i just think it looks better like crush and then the fist is over there uh, obviously it's not going to be this dominant spell right away but now the two very important uh, parts of this formula are limestone which is kind of expensive 120 jewels and wax which is you know not so expensive it's about half the price of that actually it's less than half it's one third um and you can also build it up in the you also probably bought a some of it in the previous era for less you know the less currency and all that such but yeah go ahead and buy as much limestone as you can and then you can build up the crush spell and unfortunately that's kind of what you're going to be doing for a while because you're going to want to build that thing up to two maybe three and in order to build a really deal to do that you're going to have to beat up monsters along the way as well with your spear just charge it up and throw it at them basically right outside blimp's cave there and um that way you can keep buying more limestone more wax more limestone more wax so to speak and build up that crush spell to about level two or so that way you'll be able to have be able to beat vigor the uh vigor the victorious or whatever the heck his name is <laughs> which is a pretty tough defensive uh gladiator uh in the villa in the in the city it's not a village it's a city up ahead it's kind of like like uh, i don't know like ephesus or something it kind of reminds you of like yeah like biblical era basically that's pretty much what this is <clears throat> like ephesus or or uh athens or something you know like greece or e ephesus you know just just think just think biblically <laughs> and all that because you get the greek uh the greek temple and the rome uh you know like biblical era and then of course the the great pyramid which is a very egyptian type of thing so it's cool kind of stuff and you'll get to meet some more characters along the way as well but for now level build that spell <clears throat> that's all i gotta say did i say level two probably more like level four that's the thing that's where this can get a little bit on the tedious side but level four is probably better and then you know as you're playing the game the rest of the way you know as you continue to buy the ingredients and continue to use it at basically every boss it'll kind of level build itself to like five or six by the end of the game and yeah you use it on pretty much everyone except maybe the final boss <clears throat> makes the rest of the game easy actually with the bosses so it makes a huge difference so build it up to level three or four 
at least three, four I would recommend, and the rest of the game will actually be pretty easy. The bosses will be easy. The levels are still going to be interesting and fun and all that, and the music is freaking awesome the rest of the entire game. So, do enjoy. Like I said, you want to get uh, crushed to about level 4. You could, get, you could get it to level 3, but if you get it to level 4, it's a good idea. And then after that, the next thing you want to do is try to <laughs> fill up your uh, ingredients for crush. Not for everything else, because here you can't buy all the heal uh, ingredients necessarily. Maybe you'll kind of pick some up along the way here and there, water or roots. But for crush, you want to maximize the amount of wax and limestone that you can get to have Crush basically maxed out all the time throughout the game. And then, you know, later on when you're able to fly and such, you can come back here and buy more of it. Come back to Blimp's Cave. Otherwise, max it out as best you can, anywhere from 95 to 90, uh, 99 uh, times to be able to cast that alchemy or whatever, the formula and all that. And then after that, you want to raise your money up to about 2,500 to 3,000 jewels for when you go to the city. That way you can try to get everything done. It tends to be kind of a sprint and everything. And heck, you don't have to do everything before the boss, but if you do get everything, you'll get all the best items, so to speak. You'll be able to get all the level 3 items, uh, uh, level 3 armors and such. It's kind of goofy and complicated. I'll talk about it as much as I can. Of course, again, there's guides throughout the internet as well, but I'll try to talk about it as much as possible without rambling it to death. So let's make our way through that freaking desert once and for all. But even before you do that, make sure you buy at least uh, five, if this is another thing, <laughs> before you buy at least, uh, you know, five of the um, uh, mud peppers. Obviously, you just buy them all in one. You know, it's a five-pack, so to speak. You buy everything in five packs. Unfortunately, that's 300 jewels for those, but that's probably all you'll need the rest of the game. If you want to buy 10, go for it. But 5 or 10 is probably the amount of mud peppers you'll need the entire game. Um, so now as we head towards the desert at long last, you'll run into <clears throat> the ghost rider or whatever the heck you call it. You'll also notice that there's oasises around and such as well. You can actually refill your energy at each oasis. It's a little thing of water. And you could have been doing that while you're level building as well. So hopefully, yeah, I wish I said that a little earlier. But maybe you figure that out on your own. Otherwise, you just go to the inn and such. but Or pick up nectar as it randomly like starts popping up and some of the enemies die. Uh, either 75 jewels or nectar. Now that I've babbled enough, you'll go up to the ghost in the rowboat or the skeleton in the rowboat. He'll say, hey, Jack, do you want to lift? He'll say, yes. A ride across the desert. Well, <clears throat> the hot desert will cost you one amulet of annihilation. Guess what? You don't have one. So, you know what? Either save up 10,000 jewels, which, uh, no, you're not going to do that. That'd be the stupidest thing in the world you could do. What you're going to do the first time around is you're going to walk across the desert yourself. That's right. And also, you can get the Sting spell this way, or Sting formula, Sting alchemy this way. Look it up on YouTube how to get it. It's kind of a little trick. It's not the most complicated of all time. I'll try to describe it as we're going as well. Honest to God, just type in Secret of Evermore Sting when it comes to YouTube, and that's pretty much it. Uh, you just kind of open up that video, and he'll take you there, basically. <clears throat> so, quite simple, as we try to attempt to do that. So, basically, what you do is, from the first oasis, you basically walk northeast, kind of at a diagonal angle. You just kind of go from there, go from there, 
It's going to take a bit of time, unfortunately, but that's how it goes. You'll run into some stuff along the way, but that's unfortunately how that goes. <laughs> Imagine that, right? So basically at that point, you'll reach another oasis after you've been walking northeast for a little while, a while pardon me, and then you just walk straight north from there on, and eventually you'll get to an oasis that has an alchemist there that will give you the sting formula. It's not the most... Uh, it's certainly not a formula that's going to be a game breaker one way or another. It's not a deal. Yeah, it's not going to be a game changer at all. It's just the, uh, you know, it's one of those really hard to find alchemy formulas that people have kind of passed by as they played through this game. But that's how you do it. So you basically just get it there. There's the guy right there. I got this thing. It's a hot one today, isn't it? <clears throat> and the bad bug, the bad bugs are out too. You need some help. Uh, what you need is some help, and I'm prepared to give it to you. It's a formula called Sting. It'll give you the edge over the nasty critter. So it's basically like a swarm of bees that come out and sting uh, stuff. But you don't need it crucially or anything. But it's still nice to have. Ethanol and vinegar are the two ingredients. Two ethanol, or no, two waters. Two waters and one vinegar. How that makes a bunch of bees come, I don't know, but I guess it does. Two waters and one vinegar, and that'll do your sting. Maybe if you want to equip it just for fun to say you have it, that's all you got to do. Otherwise, from there, you just keep going north, 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 till you finally reach the city. This is the first part of the game where you'll notice you don't have room to equip any more uh, alchemy spells. I recommend the first one you want to just drop is hardball. It's crap. Just drop hardball. Eventually, you'll be dropping some others like flash and, uh, and such. But, um, yeah, keep, obviously, others. You know, acid rain isn't good either, unless you really think it is. I don't know. I certainly don't. But hardball's got to be the first to go, in my opinion. It's, yeah. Like I said, just keep working your way north. Just head north, young man, and all that cute stuff. And once you finally do reach the city, it's a nice feeling and everything. But then, it's in a lot of ways, you want to kind of try to do everything here as quickly as possible. First, we have up to the old man that looks kind of like Moses or something. He says, the end is near, the end is near, heed my warning, heed my warning. Just kind of let him talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Press the button as fast as you can. It's just kind of on and on stuff. It's kind of like a bit, kind of, this is a video game. Don't you see an ad ends up being true? He's not a nutcase. That actually is true. If he's lying, we have the powers that be, uh, turn him into something. Press the Y button to cancel it, and he will give you something. I forget. Okay, he gives you a stone vest. So that's where you get your first piece of armor. Or like the level 2 armor. Apologize if I'm talking a little fast, but this part of the game is kind of like, you know, the way it is. So now what you want to do pretty much is try to get the cheapest amount of rice. That's kind of like the most basic. So you're going to be trading goods all over the place. I don't expect you to follow everything you say, everything I say, but try to go north a bit to a point where the rice are only three jewels per bag. That's the cheapest rice, and right next to her is the cheapest spice. And then you kind of work your way through that. I would recommend, again, using guides, because if I just talk, talk, talk the whole time, it's going to go on for, you know, an X amount of minutes and drive you nuts. So... Look for guides to kind of how to trade everything as much as you can. But basically maximize as much rice and spice as you can get for the time being. And kind of go from there. Work your way around what you can trade. And, and you can just wander around and figure stuff out as well. It's A lot of you are smarter than I am. So you'll be able to figure it out <laughs> in your own way. And of course there's guides that can show you which table has what all over the internet as well. So, yeah. Overall, it's a very fun part of the game but it's you have to it's kind of a sprint and you got to just move 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 you know you want to do as much as you can because eventually things they stop everything and you got to go to a quote-unquote meeting in the center of town which ends up being you know uh, interesting situation it's nothing bad it's just the next part of the story and all that 
And again, it gets like trade, trade, trade. So I'm going to kind of keep throwing things out there. Uh, basically, rice, uh, you get spiced by trading rice and so on and so forth. But yeah, it's interesting. Let's just leave it at that. I better stop jumping in. One last thing, though, if you want to know how much of what you have, so to speak, kind of play around in the menu until you get to the pouch. In the pouch, it'll show the amount of uh, trade goods that you have. So that's definitely a valuable thing. One last thing I absolutely have to mention, though, before the meeting, before the meeting, go north outside of the market area and go a bit to the, well, the east, so to speak, to the right, and you'll find a rock that's just kind of sitting there. Levitate it. Levitate it. This way, you're going to interact with uh, a big, giant, muscular guy named Tiny that will say, that's not how you lift a rock. I'll show you, basically. I'm the barbarian, Tiny the Barbarian. And then he throws the rock, and it'll actually open up a little pathway back by Blimp's Cave to give you some special items. This is the only part of the game you can do this. So, do it now. Do it now! Like Arnold Schwarzenegger would say. The crappy part is you have to get a tapestry first, which I always forget because I'm stupid. You have to get a tapestry first. Just stupid son of a... <laughs> you have to pay for something no matter what you do. No matter what it is. <laughs> you have to get a tapestry first. Okay. The good part is you don't have to lift it again. He will just take the tapestry that you give to him and throw the rock. Waha. And then you get to get to see that he's uh, got a Jose Canseco type of a shoulder, uh, type of a right arm before he had the shoulder injury. Because they, yeah, the uh, Texas Rangers made him pitch and kind of ruined his career. That was real smart. But yeah, he had a pretty good arm before that anyway. And you'll always notice when people offer like a certain helmet or whatever, you get the next level one right after. So that's kind of the annoying part. He offers you the next level one after, but you have to get more items to be able to get it oftentimes. So that's how it is. To be fair, though, the trick is get as much of like the armor as you can first. Uh, that's more of the main trick uh, before the time runs out. And then <clears throat> you should be okay to keep trading afterward. Sometimes I get mixed up at what's what, but that's the main thing. Try to get as much stuff as you can get, though, before the meeting. But... Get the armor for sure, like the different helmets and the other armor. It's not the gloves, it's the other thing. Um, the helmets, yeah, the armor and helmet, I believe, as you get here. So, yeah, and then you'll be all maxed out pretty quickly. Other major thing, though, that you need to know is if you trade away an item, like say you just got the Moxa stick, you can trade it away and then reacquire it later in the game, which is, I recommend that in a lot of ways. You can get through things quicker and, yeah. So that's the trick. You basically come back and get it later in the game in the Gothic apart. Once you have all the best armor, you probably don't have to panic too much. You can come back and finish trading around afterward. But you've probably done most of it if you are able to get all the level 3 armor. And then you're fully equipped for the rest of this part of the game, to be quite honest. So that's a great thing going forward. And then, of course, everything stops and you have to head to the right. All <laughs> And that's the meeting that's begun. The big giant statue looks just like your dog, which is like a greyhound look. All hail the mighty and powerful sacred dog. Ooh, -hoo. in honor of the sacred dog's appearance, there will be a battle in the Colosseum. Our champion will fight a challenger to be chosen by the sacred dog. Who do you think it's going to be? Show us, sacred dog, who the challenger will be. Dog walks through, he sees you, and then bark, bark, bark. Oh, guess what? It's like, what? Is that is that you, Jesper Volstead? Is that you? <laughs> Jesper Volstead. You're the sacred dog? That figures. Yep. And I, I love that Garfield kind of humor. You're the sacred dog, Odie? That figures. And yep, the sacred dog is chosen. Now you got to fight Vigor. <laughs> you got to fight in Vigor the Indestructible. So yeah, that's your battle. We'll talk about him shortly. The good news is, see now when you're in your little 
your little holding cell, so to speak, until the battle, a lot like those Roman Colosseums and such. And ironically, in church today, that's what the pastor talked about, which is kind of interesting. So how this all kind of came together. Um, you wait here, tiny weights outside. That way nobody gets hurt. Not until you fight vigor, anyway. Again, <laughs> more Garfield humor there. But before, you see, when the door opens, it's your cue and everything. But first, that's basically what they say. Pompelonis, very cool name. Uh, and, he, yep, they say, hey, you were chosen. You got to fight. You try to, like, stop him from uh, getting in. But in the room you're in, before, uh, even if the door opens or not, look around a little bit in the walls and such, particularly to the right and anywhere. There will be items all over the place. And, yeah, you're going to get items that you wouldn't have gotten had you not gotten all the armor. That's the reason why you wanted to get the armor. So you'll be able to get these items actually earlier in the game instead of much later in the uh, Gothica part. So, nudge, nudge. One of those items, of course, is the Thug's Cloak. But you can also, again, walk into the right. There's a secret entrance. You'll see a bit of that in this part of the game. And, yep, just kind of wiggle around until you're able to get further. Some more items, but the Thug's Cloak is the main, main item that you wouldn't have been able to get at this part of the game. You'd get it uh, in Gothica. So, oh well. Uh, you trade some stuff away and get some other stuff that you would get earlier, whatever, so to speak. And there's some more items that you're going to get uh, in the uh, village shortly, or the, the city shortly. Now you get to fight Vigor, the indestructible, so to speak. But if you have the crush spell, he's very destructible. Just fire away, and that's about it. Otherwise, if you want to take him on in a real battle with a spear, Roman Roman centurion style or something, don't uh, you obviously again you want to stay back, charge up the spear and throw it. But the best, but the you won't get a much damage if you hit him head on. You have to get him from behind. Then he'll take a significant amount of damage. Otherwise, you, either way, you'll be uh, vigor and move on in the game. And, of course, that's why they call him Vigor the Indestructible, because his defense is super high. But, again, with the Crush Spell charged up, he's not too bad. And, yeah, if you get him from behind, he'll take serious damage. Hit him on head, you'll barely do anything. Something extremely creepy, if you look closely in the background during the battle, you'll see a bunch of crosses burning and stuff. As, uh, yeah, the Romans were known to be... Uh, Pretty ruthless to Christians, let's just say. Um, and we learned a little bit about that. Uh, let's just say it's related to Nero. As Rome burned while Nero fiddled. Yeah, well, Nero was very much responsible for that fire. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> then they tell you, you they underestimated your abilities after you celebrate throwing your spear and, uh, you know, uh, basically <laughs> celebrating and being happy. Obviously, you accomplished something pretty unexpected. And now you get a gladiator sword. Well, okay, well, I'm already a gladiator now after that, but no, it's an upgrade. It's, now you don't have to have the bone anymore, but of course, unfortunately, this one is not powered up yet, so to speak, by, you know, whacking a lot of bad guys. And this is not a good part of the game to do that. You'll want to be able to fly later on to be able to do that. And so it's not too crucial. You can still use the spear or the other, the bone, if you really want to charge stuff up. But once you have the crush spell, it's not a big deal. The hero wants to get back to Pudong, so to speak, and the guy says, basically... Uh, <laughs> go to the other area, like the Pyramid and the uh, Call of Kalasia, basically, to get the diamond eyes of the sacred statue. That's what the leader of this place wants. So help him out, and he'll be able to help you out. Right. Sure, he's going to help us. But, well, that's the next part of the game, so you want to kind of head back south and all that. But first, we're going to mess around in the... Um, <laughs> Or go after the cheese, as the hero just said. <laughs> and <laughs> you're going to want to mess around, though, in the uh, the town still. And get as many items as remaining, basically. And we'll talk about that in a minute. 
as there's a small cutscene between the quote unquote leader of the world that he can't see. You notice he calls uh, the person talking to him from the wall your cleanliness. That's a clue of to who the real bad guy is at the end of the game, and the and the person also says we don't want to, uh, yeah, we don't want <laughs> we don't want to trust people that have no sense of personal hygiene. Now, what kind of person is so worried about that? Now, of course, uh, I am too, but let's just say the way they make sure to throw that out there. Hmm, who could that be? Who could it be? He's the real bad guy in the game. And you notice how he just called this uh, character number two. So, could it be a evil twin number two? Hmm. He said, we've had problems with that meddling kid on the other side of the plateau. Don't let it the same thing happen here. Meddling kid. Somebody called you, somebody once at the beginning of the game said, we can't have you meddling with the professor's experiments. Now, who was that? That was the butler, yes. Um, so that might be, could it be the butlers behind all this? We'll find out. Next thing to do, I'd say walk up to the Moses-looking guy. Oh, oh, maybe oh, it's later in the game. Okay, I apologize. <laughs> it's when you come back later in the game. Um, otherwise, your next line of uh, things to do, well, obviously keep messing around in the area, like the ancient ruby heart, the sunstone, this and that. Some stuff you're going to trade away for other items. Otherwise, yeah. Um, of course, I never have everything. So, yep, you want to keep up with your inventory and everything. But first thing that I recommend doing just to get it out of the way is to get the choco chocobo egg by messing around by buying ceramic pots and then just kind of selling them back to an appraiser down in there. So close to the entrance, there is somebody selling ceramic pots. Um you want to think, okay, two bags of rice, that's pretty cheap, right? So that's good. You're sold. So if you want to, so the way you get the chocobo egg is you randomly find it in one of the ceramic pots. Like the character says, oh, my ceramic pots has something. Most of the time it's just going to be 10 jewels, but you also make a little extra money that way. Tiny bits and pieces. But you think, okay, you'd want to buy 10, right? Because if you buy 10, you're more likely to find the egg in one of them eventually. No, the trick is to buy five at a time. So it's an interesting, weird trick. You'll find the chocobo egg much faster. The chocobo egg raises your hit points. but And then you'll have an option to trade the chocobo egg away for a magic gourd that does nothing. But uh, at the And you can get the chocobo egg later in the game for, you know, or I mean, in the, in the Gothica section. So it's up to you. The, mag, uh, the magic gourd does nothing that we know about. It's always been a mystery what it actually does. But if you're a completist and want to have every single item in the game, including the wizard's coin, which I only found out about two, three years ago for the first time ever, amaz uh, imagine my surprise to find the wizard's coin um, 23, 25 years after I'd first started playing the game uh, for the first time. That was really something. That's in the forest, uh, the deep forest in Gothica, much later in the game. So we'll get that, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. For now, let's uh, start buying some ceramic pots. So again, what you do is you just keep buying them over and over again. Then you end up going buy more rice, buy more of them over and over again. Most of the time, again, he's going to say he found 10 jewels. Eventually, though, you will get the uh, chocobo egg. And I found the chocobo egg remarkably fast. Usually, I end up having to sell off my uh, ceramic pots to the appraiser uh, at least a few times. But yeah, you actually end up making a profit, though, selling them to the appraiser. That's their, she's kind of like near the bottom. Yeah, you kind of go to the bottom area and then walk towards kind of the center-ish. 
and the screen will kind of move a little bit when you talk to her. She says, I appraise and purchase items from the market. Of course, again, you may have a little map or chart or whatever that shows this whole place on the internet or even in the player's guide, which me and my brother used to have. I sure have it somewhere. Um, it's five jewels per appraisal, which is literally nothing. And you want her to appraise the um, pots. And you can, yeah, you can do it with any of this stuff. She'll actually purchase it from you. 70 ceramic pots. Sometimes contain valuable items that can be exchanged for spice. I would be willing to offer you 560 jewels for your pots. You actually come ahead financially in the long run with that. So you actually, you know, so that's fine. Otherwise, we got rid of all the pots we don't need now and got uh, some, some money back. And we have the chocobo egg. I'm crazy and weird. I like to be a completist because that's just how I am. I'm going to trade it away for the nothing gourd, which is, but again, you can reacquire it in Gothica. So that's what I'm going to do. It's up to you what you want to do. At the end of the day, the magic gourd is way up, uh, not way up, but it's, it's close to the, it's an old man. Yeah, it's the old man, um, up in the kind of the upper left area of the city, the market market, not the city, but the market. It's always been a great mystery and rumor. And there's all kinds of rumors of what it does. Uh, odds are it doesn't do anything. It even says the powers of this special item are unknown. So that's great. Otherwise, I have the Jaguar Ring, the Sunstone, Sunstone, pardon me, and the Thug's Cloak at this stage. There's many more items you will be getting as you uh, progress in the game. And we'll keep checking around. I believe there's a couple still here that I haven't completed yet. And that's, of course, the Ruby Heart. Um, yeah, you can trade it away for the Moxa Stick, but you want to do that for... You want to trade the Moxa Stick away for the armor, because that's the only way to get the armor. Uh, I believe that was the Century in Cape, if I remember correctly. It's one of the two, or the Gloves of Raw. So you end up having to do a Tapestry, Jeweled Scarab, and Limestone Tablet. Uh, those two items are on the other side. It's kind of a pain in the butt, but you got to do it. Another thing, too, you can get the Atlas uh, Alchemy. It's nice and everything. You have to purchase one uh, amulet of Atlas. Eventually the money goes up. Atlas Medallion, pardon me. And the price of them go doubles each time you buy one. You can only use one at a time, but it gives you incredible strength in a battle. So it's nice to have, but if you have the Crush Bell, not exactly that crucial, is it? Until maybe the final battle of the game. So hint, hint, maybe buy a couple medallions there uh, and save them for the final battle of the game. That's what I would probably do. I'd also recommend having multiple limestone tablets and jeweled scarabs, even when you leave the place, because you can, you can use them in the later stages of the game as well. So have maybe two or three uh, as you move on in the game. So basically where you get Atlas, uh, the Atlas you know, formula and medallion, is hidden behind a couple of crates where a spider walks in what is the item shop close to where you buy the limestone tablet and jeweled scarab. So you probably have bumped into that on your own anyway, but just in case you didn't, that's where you get that.
Otherwise, back in the city and such, there's another little door you could go in that's in, so to speak. You could save there if you want to. Like, say you're tired of messing around, just go ahead and save there and turn it off, or whatever your plan is. Otherwise, there's other things to get. Uh, the silver sheath, you can trade that for the armor polish. You can also get finally get the Amulet of Annihilation, which is that weird ghost uh, ghost uh, rowing. <laughs> Maybe it's PJ Fleck in a couple of years, right? You know, row the boat. Yeah, Golden Gophers for those of you locally. Row the boat, Skyuma. Go Gophers, right? But <laughs> he's, a, he's a skeleton now, right? But yeah, God willing, you've gotten all the best. You've got the best helmet and the best armor. And of course, the gloves and all that good stuff. So yeah, you're fully equipped. I probably mentioned that 15 times. Uh, the sunstone, hopefully you have that already. The moxa stick, all that. So the silver sheath is right next to the appraisal lady and also the armor person. He says, the silver sheath will give you your sword more strength. I will trade it for the sunstone or a golden jackal and 10 jars of spice. Well, we don't have the sunstone anymore. So let's trade for the other goods. And thankfully this time I actually have them. So you have the silver sheath, and he's going to say, I already traded you my most valuable item, blah, 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 blah. So let's go up north a bit, kind of north central, like kind of the top group of uh, places. Should be a guy, I can trade you I can trade you my armor polish for the silver sheath and 75 jewels. Is it a deal? Say yes, because then you can get the silver sheath in the... Um, See, he'll try to trade you back the silver sheath, which would be really dumb. Then you just spend more money for nothing. So you can get the silver sheath in Gothica. Otherwise, you trade back the armor polish, which would be the dumbest thing ever. Like, why would you even consider doing that? Uh, next thing is, you notice there's a guy, if you go to the left just a little bit from the silver sheath guy, and to the right of the uh, golden jackal guy, you can always get a bunch of those if you want. I think, you you know, just in case, sometimes I'll get some for a spice because it's, it's fairly cheap. But there's a guy next to him that looks like he's got a bunch of like weird stuff on his uh, table, basically. And he says, hey, buddy, how do you like an all-powerful amulet of annihilation? You'll impress your friends and foes and all that stuff. You'll frighten them. And he says, all yours for a mere uh, 30 bags of rice. The trick is, say no way. And then buy it for 15. And then you got another one. And say no way and get it for 15 again. See, otherwise, if you keep saying no, you could keep saying no forever, and he'll basically give you three amulets of annihilation for, like, almost nothing, but then he'll tell you, go to hell, I'll never give you anything again. So the best way to go is just to go for the 15 and over and over and over again. You could get, like, 5, 10, whatever, and you'll probably never have to uh, walk through the desert again. That's what I do, because rice is, is cheap. Hell with it. You know, so just buy, like, anywhere from 5 to 10 of them, and you should be set the rest of the game. Also, you will need multiple amulets of annihilation in Gothica for trading. So there's another reason to have a bunch of them. Yeah, so get, like, again, probably get 10. Oh, shit. But, yeah. <laughs> so the other trick is, too, once you're... Once you're at a point where you have less than 30 bags of rice, your negotiation uh, ability is gone. So you go buy some more rice. Otherwise, he'll say he'll basically say, go away. Mm, basically, yeast tourists. So go buy, you know, get your amount of rice back up to like 20-ish or, so, or 20-ish. Like 80, 90 or so. 99, whatever the heck. And all that. And you can get a bunch of more amulets of annihilation. And just kind of keep doing it, keep doing it. Unfortunately, I'm low on funds because I bought too many items which is really stupid, but who said I was smart? I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there I go ripping on myself again, but yep, 15. So the trick is, yeah, you have to have more than 30 bags of rice to be able to quote-unquote negotiate. Kind of like in the NHL or NBA or something, like say 
you know, if you if you don't have any negotiation, the other team's going to tell you to go away. If you don't really have any chips, so to speak, uh, you know, like if yeah, you have no advantage in the negotiation table, they're going to tell you, oh well, yeah, you're you're, you're not going to be able to sign him anyway. So why don't you give him for just a, a second round pick or whatever? Oh, well, then too bad. Bye. We'll talk to someone else for a trade. You know that kind of thing. So, yep. So that's the whole thing. It's being able to being able to have negotiating power. And I think I've dragged that out way too long. You get the idea by now. One thing I recommend, get some, uh, try to get uh, some rice. Uh, try to get at least some, well, obviously rice. Get some spice and all that. Try to get a number of ingredients like spice, rice, spice more than rice, especially. Perfume, you know, the jeweled scarab, limestone tablet. Have like a, a few of those each because once you get to Gothica, it'll be better and all that. You'll be able to do more. Um, up oh, and now talk to the Moses guy again. The end is near. The end is near. Heed my warning. Keep talking to him again and see what happens. The diamond eyes are the key to the cataclysm coming. Do not let them fall into the wrong hands. Somebody's watching us, controlling us. And actually, it's 100% true. Oh, maybe that no, this time nothing happens. I think it's the next later on in the game. I forget if something else happens. We are merely, yep, we are near, we are merely sprites that dance uh, at the back and call of our button pressing overlord yep this is a video game don't you see where characters in a video game this guy's a nutcase and now he's gonna say if it's not true powers that be turn me into something hit the y button again to cancel it and he gives you 500 jewels so okay that's nice that'll make actually a big break uh are you going on an adventure that's what i'm gonna do when i'm as tall as you <laughs> oh that's somebody else that's a little boy and then the, uh, the Moses-looking guy says, I've spoken, there's nothing more to say. So that'll actually help you now to buy some more ingredients and all that. So obviously you start with the rice, the spice, and so on and so forth. Simple. Also, now that you've done the whole chocobo egg thing, you can still uh, make money by buying, like say if you're running low on funds and don't want to go all the way back to the other side with an amulet, like use an amulet, you could do that. And, you know, beat up those guys again and make a bunch of jewels. Otherwise, you can kind of go back and forth with the rice and ceramic pots and the appraiser and make money that way. Plus, again, you find, um, you know, now, now when you find jewels in a pot, it's 50 in a ceramic pot. So that's better than 10. So again, and again, when you sell, you kill my head a little bit. So you can do that as well to just build up a couple funds while you're messing around. Eventually, we'll be done in this place. It's actually called Nobilia, but yeah. And still do the whole 555 purchase because, I mean, I made like 200 free jewels just by finding stuff in there. Uh, you know, when he says, hey, I found something. So another quick thing to talk about. I know I've babbled enough about this place already. If only you could do something like this in real life. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? You'd be doing it all day. You come home with like $10,000 or something. <laughs> yeah, like every now and then you get an extra 50 bucks, an extra 50 bucks, and then you go sell, 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 sell. I probably made about 600 uh, jewels just by... You know, you know, just by finding them in the pots in just this last couple of minutes. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> so it's like, it's literally like free money. Uh, you can do it for as long as you want. And well, why the hell not? But and only again, only if you could do it in real life, it would make things even better. And after messing around with all that and making sure you have every item and a decent amount of amulets of annihilation, I'd say double digits just for the heck of it. I mean, it's not going to cost you much. Maybe raise like a thousand, uh, jewels plus or something by just kind of trading around or even more who knows i mean you could just go on forever if you wanted to just to have like a ton and ton and ton but otherwise when you're ready to head back to the uh back to the other side and look for the diamond eyes go for it let's go to uh that boat and now you have an amulet of annihilation and yeah <laughs> that's the good news 
I built up about 14 of them personally. It's up to you how many you want to build up. I mean, it's just 50, if you can get it down to just 15 bags of rice over and over and over again, it's no big deal. So now you get to the skeleton in the rowboat. Basically, he says, hey, Ralph, do you want to lift? Sure. Do you have a, have you got an amulet of annihilation? Yes, sir. Hop in, Captain. It's just funny. He's <laughs> He's got all these funny things to say. I don't know. It's just my kind of game. I'll keep saying that Garfield sense of humor. I'd like to welcome you aboard this nonstop shuttle to Crustacea, the number one spot for skullduggery, villainy, and bad manners. Sounds like my job. No, I'm kidding. While you're enjoying your stay in Crustacea, you can rub elbows with real pirates, thieves, and scoundrels. We're coming to one of the highlights of your tour on your right. It's a natural shrub formation that sort of looks like a mummified cat eating a cantaloupe. Stunning. And my friend Dave always used to think that was a hint of where the sting spell was. Then he just says, thank you, please watch your step on the way out. So from here on, if you were to be coming from that uh, Nobilia this way, he'll say, I'll just shut up and, uh, yep, I've already given you a tour. I'll just shut up and let you enjoy the ride. And then, But otherwise, heading to Nobilia, he'll, he'll give you a little bit of an anecdote conversation as well. Uh, but now, again, now you'll notice for the first time that rock that Tiny threw. You get a little side scene for a split second. The rock comes down and forms a little path to two uh, pots that you can open. One has a call beat in it. Woohoo. The other has 200 jewels. So, okay. Um, that's good. Now you go and visit Blimp in the cave. So that same little area where you've built up for a while. Now he's going to offer you up. You found your dog and he's in one piece. Well done. And here's something that can help you revive your dog. It's the Revive Formula. Mix three parts of root with one part of bone to give your dog life when his energy is depleted. Duh, duh, duh. Sometimes I buy it, sometimes I don't. Or not buy it, equip it. I probably will, yeah. I mean, acid rain is garbage. Get rid of acid rain or flash. Like, who cares? Um, it's up to you how you feel. Uh, sometimes I'd say it's worth equipping um, Atlas, but maybe wait on that until like late in the game. It's good for the final battle. And that's about it. Crush, cure, defend, heal, levitate, revive, whoops, speed, and sting. I think you have room for one more. You do. So I'll equip one of those again. Okay, maybe just Atlas. Atlas, cure, defend, flash, not flash. Forget flash, you don't need it. It revives, speed, sting, all that. Okay, so there you go. Would you like to purchase ingredients? I say, yeah. I mean, stock back up on uh, uh, wax and limestone. Luckily, I have it in a case of either fours or nines, if you know, understand what I'm saying. So once you you can get everything back up to 99 again. So that's good. If you can get it in a four or a nine, when you buy five, five, five each time, it'll eventually get to where you want to be. I have nine more mud peppers. I will not need nine more the rest of the game. So that's okay. I don't need to buy any more. Buy like mm, five or 10 bones because they're not cheap. They're 120 jewels. Blah, blah, blah. And that should cover you probably for most of the game. And you might even find some here and there when you're screwing around. With that, basically make your way to the left eventually. Kind of just kind of, yep, go down and work your way to the left, an area you haven't been before in this game. And I would hope to God that you equip the uh, spike collar already. Um, maybe you did come this way in some cases. You'll notice there's a broken bridge. You can't jump across, but your little greyhound can. Boop, your dog can. Yep, so just have him walk against the edge. Walk up, and you'll notice another one of those little pulley, like, uh, elevators, or in this case, uh, I don't know, it's almost like a ski thing, I don't know what you'd call those. Uh, you can go on it right away, otherwise go in the cave to get another alchemy formula. Might as well do that while you're here.
you'll actually end up coming back, I think, uh, another time later on to get another stronger version of a uh, formula. Oh, nope, you can't go in there yet. You'll get the bronze axe first. Okay, I knew that. I knew that. I had walked past it so quick I didn't even notice there was something in the way. But keep working to the left. Keep working to the left. Eventually you'll find your way in Horace's camp, which obviously is a very enjoyable song. I'll let that play in a second. Uh, again, more areas where there's big rocks blocking the way or like a wall, kind of like concrete looking wall. You can bust it with the bronze axe, but you don't have it yet. Bronze Axe and Bronze Spear will have their purpose served shortly. Now you get to hear the music of Horace's Camp for the first time. And this part of the game, I would say, has some of the best music in the entire game. Horace's Camp to start with. the best song in the game but certainly upper echelon i would say it's, it's just nice it's kind of calming relaxing keep working your way and yep there's a camp um and then you see horace you'll notice he looks kind of like maybe the leader of the 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 nobilia with his back you know like when his back is turned he looks kind of like him a little bit hmm evil twin again the, the evil yeah the leader is actually evil yes but here's the real horace by golly what we uh, what do we have here? A visitor, yep, <laughs> which is nice. Um, and then you have conversations back and forth. Not from Nobilia, not from there. And he said, nope, I'm actually where from. And then, yep, he figures out already, you're from Podunk, aren't you? Because, yeah, he looks like a regular American boy. Uh, Horace, uh, Horace ultimately is an archaeologist. Horace Highwater, cool name. He's also originally from Podunk. And the reason why he's in this world is because he's an archaeologist type. So, like, going back thousands of years in the past, like, say, biblical times, anywhere from Moses to Jesus around that time, maybe a little even after that, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, like Roman times and such, all that went on after Jesus for a while. Um, so he figured that's, uh, yeah. He also figured that a podunker would probably bump into him at some point. Uh, this ancient world is a product of my imagination. I was a, uh, He was the curator of a natural history museum in Podunk. And yeah, early civilizations and all that. Yep, so it all makes sense. And the boy, again, puts it all together that he was part of an experiment and all that. And you first talk about that back and forth. Anyhow, I'm probably dragging this way too far. But this, for the first time, is when you find out that Elizabeth is Professor Ruffleberg's granddaughter. Okay, so there's a relation there where the other people are friends. Uh, he also talks about that another guest of the party was Miss Blue Garden. You'll see her in the next group in Gothica. She's a librarian. Um, yep, so that's another major important thing. 
Um, you talk about the diamond eyes, and Horace says, Ooh, so that son of a gun wants the diamond eyes, huh? Hmm, that's a bad sign. So let's uh, get them first, basically, is what is the conversation here. He also talks about how nobody's seen his face, and yeah, of course, because once you do, you'll be like, wait a minute, it's two, there's two Horaces, what the heck? So yeah, that's kind of going to be a theme here uh, for this level and the next level. There'll be a evil twin of Queen, queen Blue Garden as well, or Miss, Miss Blue Garden anyway, and not the Queen. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the Diamond Eyes, one of them will be in the Pyramid, one will be in the Hall of Kalasia. The Pyramid, of course, Egyptian theme, and the Hall of Kalasia is Greek, like ancient Greek. Pretty cool, kind of like Ephesus or places like that. Kind of that, that those those temples, you know, back in the day, biblical times. Pretty cool stuff, and you're going to hear some pretty cool music when you get to those levels. Horace also talks about that they dug pits to protect them from harmful intruders and such, so you can be able to get your way around those uh, pits with the reveal formula. So again, here's your friend. Uh, yep, that's one of his friends, of course, Horace. He gives you an alchemy formula revealer. So you'll be using that off and on in this part of the game for sure. In uh, particularly in the Hall of Kalasia and around here, you can use it as well. So it will uh, re require two parts ash, one part wax. So you want to disable something like maybe maybe Atlas because you're not going to use it right now. So you can kind of go back and forth, or uh, or even um, levitate. It's kind of up to you. Or Sting. I mean, Sting isn't exactly required at this stage in the game. I'll disable Atlas for the moment. What the hell? It's up to you though. Who cares? <laughs> It's not going to kill you either way. As long as you have ones like Crush, Heal, Cure, Defend, stuff like that. And Revealers, nice to have. Um, and you could purchase ingredients as well. So that's always a good thing. He also mentions that he has a brother in the walls of the Hall of Kalasia. So there's, yeah, there's some interesting little secret walls and such. You'll be able to find a brother there. I believe that one is the Slow Burn formula, if I remember correctly. But... We'll find out when we get there, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and, of course, there's also an inn when you go to the red-headed lady. So, yep, you can have the inn there. I recommend it now. What the heck? Because you've probably been beat up a little bit along the way, just wandering your way here. Um, I would have liked to go to the pyramid before the Hall of Kalasia. It's probably a better idea. So we'll kind of head that direction pretty soon here. To get to the Hall of Kalasia, you're probably, yeah, you're going to go left and maybe north a little bit. The Pyramid, you're heading more to the south. Obviously, you have to go to the left either way to get out of Horace's camp. But Pyramid, I'd head to the south. And I, again, recommend the Pyramid first. Um, out of frustration, you'll probably want to use the Crush spell on occasion in the Pyramid <laughs> on those stupid bone buzzards. Um, yep, there's one pit there. Yeah, you basically cross the pit with Revealer. Or if you're somebody that's played the game many times in the past... You just kind of can cross it at the same angle, which I just did. But use the revealer if you're new to the game. You'll get up to what looks like a gate as you're approaching the pyramid. Have the uh, boy step on it and let the dog in. So this is obviously important here. Let the dog in, not the boy. Because the dog can jump across the water. You cannot. So it's that simple. Inside, you'll notice the dog can uh, step on four different switches uh, in different parts of the area. There's obviously, you know, there's one in the... It's like a small kind of square room in the center of the pyramid that opens up different switches. Southeast, northeast, or southeast, southwest, northeast, northwest. It's in that. So once the dog's in the room, just switch back to the boy by pressing select. So in this case, you're going to be separated for a little while. The dog doesn't go up the stairs anyway, supposedly, just like earlier I said, it's too steep. But 
I've seen dogs climb stairs before. Otherwise, just head your butt into the pyramid and listen to the cool music. One thing you just won't believe, it's an actual Arabic song. It's a real Arabic song. One time when I was playing it many years ago, like around 99-ish, you know, I was still living at home, young boy, you know, young, getting out of my teens, kind of almost. And uh, the game, I was playing the game, and my dad all of a sudden started singing to the song as he's walking by my bedroom. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's a real song? And he said, yeah, that's a real song. I, I couldn't believe it, and he sang exactly to it. So it is an Arabic song in, in the pyramid that you're listening to. Kind of cool, huh? The pyramid, of course, a fun level. I mean, it's not as complicated as it might look. Just kind of work your way around. I'm not going to give you exact locations where to go and everything. It'll be too long and too tiring, I'm sure. Just kind of wander around, explore. And when you get to areas where it looks like there's a, you know, there's a, uh, like a, a gate in the way, just have to switch over to the dog and step around and see which one opens. So that's kind of a simple thought process. Uh, here you'll see things called bone buzzers that are flying around. Sometimes the crush spell will wipe them out in one quick hit. They're annoying as heck. Why the heck not? You know, wipe them out. All of them. <laughs> Another monster you'll see that's new is a mummy cat, but I suppose you would see that in uh, pyramids as well in real life, but I don't know how many of us are actually going in a real pyramid. Wouldn't that be something? But yeah, it probably costs thousands of dollars to even get inside, <laughs> for all we know. Son of Sets are kind of like, yeah, they're kind of sphinx-looking, I don't know, humanoid guys with cobra-like uh, masks, I guess. Um, yeah, you can kill them quickly with Crush, too, if you want to. Otherwise, avoid them. They're interesting. Uh, yeah, real interesting. Uh, eventually, see, if you get to the top, you'll notice there's a switch on each side of the gate. Uh, so that's for the boy and the dog. That's later. So you don't want to go there just yet. But you can go down the stairs to the next room. Uh, or next entrance or whatever and such. So that's another kind of a small tip, I guess you can say. One definite point of uh, essence is, uh, well, use essence. You might be using it off and on, or of course the heal spell, because those spiders poison you. Uh, it's really annoying. So watch out, you might suddenly die if you're not watching uh, your situation with poison, and of course your, obviously your hit points dropping down. It's happened a few times, and it's really devastating, because you got to start everything over again, because you didn't exactly save in the pyramid probably yet, did you? So, ugh. 
You'll also see sphinx-like statues that look like uh, that have like a they have a cobra head, basically neck and head. Well, they're inactive right now, but unfortunately, later on in the level, they're going to activate, and they are very, very dangerous. Another major, major point of interest is when you get to a wall that just kind of breaks on its own without the bronze axe. That's a good sign that you're heading in the right direction. Again, that was after you know going to that second area, so to speak, where you'd have to step on both uh, switches with the dog and the and the boy. And when you go down the stairs to the left a little bit and you enter the area, that's where you're going to ultimately find a wall that falls apart uh, in what I would call the northwesternly area in that big uh, section. And here you run into your first gate. Of course, you'll switch to the dog. I think it's the northwesterly one, and it is, yes. Okay, then you switch back to the boys immediately after they screw around here with the camera, which is annoying sometimes, but what are you going to do? Apparently, a lot of creatures, a lot of the bad guys here do poison you, like the Sons of Sets, those Cobra Sphinx type things that activate later on in the level. So, and of course, spiders. It's really sucky. And unfortunately, as you're working around now, these Cobra Head Sphinx type things start activating. Keep away. Just, just keep away. They're really, yeah, it's, it's bad. Their bite is as bad as their bark. In fact, well, they don't bark at all. So, it's bad. Fortunately, you can kill them with a crush spell if need be. So, Definitely make note of that. What was the official name? Um, I was looking right at it. Well, I think I killed him already. So, oh, he's just, that was it. Wow. Stone Cobra. Well, that's a perfect name for him. Sphinx Cobra or Cobra Sphinx. Well, yeah. The head breaks or disappears or whatever, and you're good to go. <coughs> Pardon me. You get to what kind of looks like little stones in the water. Cross it. Unfortunately, they end up collapsing afterward. But you're not going to need to come back here. Right, uh, anymore, as long as you pick up all the different little treasures. So, make note of that, of course, before you cross back over. You'll get to your next gate. Pretty self-explanatory. The south southwesterly uh, button is for the dog. Kind of self-explanatory. Go to that one first before you go to the uh, southeasterly one. Keep going north, and now you're in a very good part when the screen kind of turns white and you get Son of Anher instead of Son of Set. Hack away with the crush spell, if you like, which I highly recommend. They start turning gray for some reason. I don't know if it's some kind of weird game glitch or it's just how it is. I don't know, but um, they're not hard at all. They move like in slow motion. In fact, they're easier than the Son of Set. I don't know why, they just are. And when you do kill them, you'll get the Bronze Axe, which again, opens up a lot of uh, areas the rest of the game. And every axe in the future, We'll be able to break the, you know, break uh, rock walls as well, like the Atom Smasher, the Night Basher, and such. But each one of those will have more abilities to break through uh, certain barriers as you move further and further into the game. And do not, I repeat, do not backtrack yet. Not that this is super crucial, but it's just, why not? Why the heck not get some stuff first? Work your way uh, around kind of the path. Don't work your, don't backtrack and you'll get to a, you know, door that's basically, you know, sealed off with rock or whatever the heck it is. Kaboom. Just use your axe and break your way in and wahoo, you can get some treasures and such in here. Um, or at least I believe you can. Yep, then there's another one. And you can go talk to the old man. He'll tell you we're safe here in the corner. You're most welcome here. <laughs> and... Is that all he does is save your progress? Uh, that's nice, but we appreciate that. So at least it's a checkpoint. So in case something stupid happens and you die or you 
you just start sick of playing and you want to take a break. Keep working your way around and you'll find another door that you can break through and such. So that's always fun. And you've probably accrued a bunch of call beads along the way as well. I don't really use them much, but you can. It's just nice to have that option, I suppose. Also, again, now that you've broken through multiple doors, break through yet another one, and you're in the same room as the dog. Okay, so that's fine, uh, one way or another. So you probably don't need to get in that other area anyway. Um, maybe we showed up, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I do believe we're good to go. I think you can get an extra Horus call spell, but you know what I did? I didn't talk to Horus again right after that. That's how you can get the call. So talk to Horus um, first before you come into the pyramid because, yeah, you won't be able to get it. Again, it's not super important, but it's nice to have, I guess. It, it, it's an extra call, basically, that uh, you can have if you do that. So my apologies there. You might be noticing a trend. You only need a few alchemy spells in the game. And those call spells, they're, they're cool and everything. And some people are probably like, wow, that's awesome. But I mean, how many are you going to really use? And it's not like, oh my god. Oh my god, it's a game changer. No, it's not. Crush is a game changer. It is. Maybe some of the call beads will be helpful in the final battle and such. But, eh, you know, I mean, I, I guess. You know, I beat the game without them. Let's just look at it that way. But once you do have the dog, again, try to semi, try to find a way to retrace your steps back to where we were, where you can have access to the third level. And I believe I've done that. Yes, yep, back to the access to the third level. Have the boy step on one switch, the dog step on the other. You regain control of both, and you are going to the final boss of this level, and you'll be able to get the first diamond eye. Good news. He casts Confound on you right away. I believe his name is Rimsala. Yes, and there's statues everywhere as well. I say try to wipe out as many statues as you can. And the thing that moves around is Rimsala. Once it is once it is moving around is when you can actually hit it. And it's not being picked up by some thing. I don't know what that is. Some kind of statue holding <laughs> device. A confound basically makes you walk in the opposite direction. You can either heal or just let it heal on its own. Where um, Plague does not heal on its own. And it's, like, it's worse than poison, basically. Luckily, you haven't been plagued, but you've been confounded. Damn it. Um, the statues cast Flash, and it's a very strong form of Flash. Flash could be a powerful uh, alchemy if you really, really build it up, but uh, I'd rather have Crush. <laughs> Bottom line, though, kill the statues first with Crush so they can't cast that dangerous Flash spell on you, and then focus all the way on uh, that Rimsala thing. Um, it's some kind of holding device that, uh, yeah, like the Rimsala is basically like invincible at that time. And again, you just want to hack away at the stupid statues. And when they, obviously, the literally the light goes out on them when they're dead. So then you can hack away. Uh, the dog pretty much killed Rimsala for me <laughs> on his own. So thank you. Thank you, uh, Jesper Volstead, or Rex, or Foa Fido, or whatever you'd call the dog. You get your first diamond eye. That's freaking awesome. And the good news is you don't have to walk your way out of the cave. Once you walk out downward, you automatically walk out of the pyramid that's awesome probably go back to horace's camp save and um yeah then you continue for the hall of kalasia and when you do head back to the horace uh to horace's camp which i do recommend doing first absolutely before you go to the hall of kalasia talk to the uh, same guy that gave you the revealer formula he will now give you the escape formula yeah that's important um very this is where you could uh, again you want to elect to a remove something probably not revealer because you're going to want it in um this level 
maybe remove Atlas, remove Atlas, something. Just put, include Escape in there, because you're going to probably want that one the rest of the game. You'll only use it maybe three, four times, but you'll be in certain areas where you would waste a ton of time if you don't use it. So, yeah, have it. Also, though, I suppose wings do the same thing, so it's kind of up to you. Um, I think it's nice to have, but if you have wings, they do the same thing. So that's important as well to know. One item you can probably unequip is Levitate. You'll need that maybe much later in the game. Um, otherwise, Escape, what does it use again? I had it, and again, he reminds you to find your, his brother in the Hall of Kalasia. So, very important. Um, I accidentally screwed up in equipping or unequipping spells, so I'm going to finish. Because uh, I hadn't finished. Yep. So, yep, you unequip uh, Levitate. Escape uses one part of vinegar and one part of wax, just so you know. So that's obviously helpful, I hope. So you're pretty much kind of, as you head right on your way out of, I hope I didn't say left, <laughs> you head right on your way out of the uh, the camp, start going north a little bit, you'll notice there's, well, looks like kind of a dead end. Use the revealer formula, bada bing, bada boom, and it'll lead you closer and closer to your next destination. There's the first time, possibly for some of you, it's like a blue color, a purple color, and all that. And now you're outside what looks like a Greek temple. It's only It can only mean one thing. You are at the Hall of Kalasia. Welcome to probably the coolest sound, uh, music in the entire game. so calming so relaxing just you know the fires the music it makes you think of being around a fire pit or a fireplace it is very enjoyable very much uh, I, I always wonder what Greek temples looked like on the inside when they were actually active was it dark like this with fires everywhere maybe must have been I guess all kinds of Greek statues everywhere 
But uh, your first destination now is kind of to work your way left and such. You'll see like green slimes walking around, a bunch of rats and such. Um, I thought it was to the left. Looks like maybe to the right. I get confused sometimes. I've been here in this place a million times, but I guess you kind of start off with the revealer formula, if anything. Yeah, because you want to get uh, stuff to open up first with switches and such. The revealer formula, of course, works in the areas where it looks like there's some kind of a, I don't know, like mm, like a stone in the ground, you know, like a tablet in the ground, basically. Yeah, use the revealer there, and then voila, you can cross over. And in this case, you talk to a lady who's just there to save your progress. That's nice. At least you can come back if something goes wrong uh, and all that. Otherwise, there's a piece of nectar next to her. I fell down kind of on purpose just to read this fun line. I'm glad we missed those big spikes. That would have hurt. Well, no kidding. <laughs> Luckily, you do miss the big spikes very often. So, yeah, you never do hit the spikes. Walk up to the tablet to the left if you really want to progress in the level. So, yeah. <laughs> And some more Garfield humor. Well, dog. <laughs> well, yes, Bervaltz, that <laughs> I think our experiments with gravity have been a success. Yep, that's Garfield humor right there. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Odie. I should just call him Odie from now on because yes, Bervaltz, that's a little bit weird probably for some of you. So now you'll notice for the first time, this will be in this level. I believe mostly only in this level throughout the game. There looks like a dark tablet on the ground. Step on it. It's a switch where it kind of looks like a face, especially when you open it up. And he says, is that a door I hear? Yeah, and it almost sounds like, like a fireplace with wind or something. It's kind of a cool effect. I kind of like it. <laughs> so now you now you can open, uh, head your way into one of the areas to the left. You'll notice one of the doors has like a little bit of light coming out of it now versus before. That's when you can go in. You'll eventually work your way around as you head further and further left and such to what looks like a breakable wall. Well, guess what? Break it with your axe. Simple as that. And really, the whole purpose of each room is to kind of work your way around, work your way around until you get to the next switch, which will open the next door, you know, around. Because there's like three different doors, like one to the or entrances, so to speak. One, you know, lower, upper left, lower left, upper right, lower right, that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's kind of the theme here in these levels. Um, eventually, when you're kind of working yourself around, figuring out where the heck to go... You'll get to what looks like kind of like a little pillar, which ends up being a switch. You hit it with your brown axe, or at least I think you do, right? <laughs> I've done it a million times. There it goes. It forms a bridge. Go across it quickly because it's a temporary bridge. It'll retract. Uh, eventually, you'll be able to use a revealer spell, but you don't want to do that yet. You want to work your way around this quick area. So there is a switch. Yeah, there's another switch that pops up. But, see, the trick is it retracts quickly. So you'll need to work your way around the area real quick to get to it. Right now, I've already botched it. So you want to try to probably wipe out a number of the monsters first. Maybe pick up some treasures along the way. And then try to do the, you know, you go back and do the sprint later on. Yep, you'll hear the bridge retract and, well, you're screwed. You didn't finish. But you can always go back and hit the switch again. But it's temporary. So make major note of that. Once you're finally successful, you can get to the little switch again up in the area, that dark square basically on the ground that has a looks like a face step on it and then that'll open up the next path in the main room again the thing is actually you get the switch first and then you <laughs> you hit the switch on the ground first and then you try to go across the bridge sometimes my memory is just messed up as i'm playing it but generally speaking so <laughs> that's how you really do it so very important so you actually hit the dark switch first then the uh, the long switch that has you cross back over and sprint back to get across that bridge, that kind of thing. So 
it is what it is. I, I mean, <laughs> sometimes it's like it's like I think I know everything. I sure the heck don't. And once you're finally able to work your way over to the <laughs> to the next area, which is the south, well, the the southern of the two right doors. Obviously, you'll see which one is open. You'll get a little mini boss, and he's not too hard. It's a minotaur. Just use the crush spell a couple times. It's very effective, and he's gone pretty quickly. And the dog will beat him up too as well. And then the little uh, floor stepping switch will appear. Step on it. And you'll get to hear for the first time the other version of the Hall of Kalasia music. It's really nice. Check it out. Did I not tell you that the music in this part of the game is the best in the whole game? It, it really is, and there's great music throughout this entire game. It's one of the, this game is like my pride and joy when it comes to the Super Nintendo world. So you'll notice one door is still dark, so you can't go there, or entrance, I should say. So let's go to the other one for now. Yep, and you get to hear that cool new version of the song. This one is just kind of a puzzle game. I don't really need to get into it. Just kind of stepping on a couple switches in front of you. And uh, maybe try to get as many items as you can and eventually hit the switch. It's very short. So instead of there being a switch right away, once eventually you're able to walk through what looks like a dark opening, now you're in kind of, you could argue, mm, this isn't the, this is like, you could argue this is the main or second to main part of the level. You'll get a wood bridge you gotta go across, you gotta kind of sprint, catch pressing the fast button, fast button, fast button. You may fall a few times like I did. Yeah, yay, I fell. Sucks. And you gotta do it again and again and again until you get it. When you do fall, you're kind of trapped in a small area where you kill a couple of slimes. Big deal. Just do it. Also, well, we can finally talk about the walls in the Hall of Kalasia. So, maybe skip the, uh, the wood bridge for now. You'll notice what looks like in a reflection across from a torch right above where the bridge would be. On the left side, of course, of the bridge, the wooden bridge that crumbles. There's the torch on the wall, but then there's across the wall, it looks like the torch is reflecting. Interesting. Walk in that area. Guess what? Secret entrance, and you're in the halls of, you're in the walls of the halls of Kalasia. At least I think you are. <laughs> you're in one at the very least. So you kind of walk around in an invisible form and eventually work your way around to certain treasures and beyond, hopefully. Unfortunately, that one just leads to honey, but it's a very good healing item at the very least. There'll be more and more of those. Keep an eye out for those, and we'll get to them and all that good stuff. I did cross the bridge successfully this time. I went south into a room where there's a bunch of switches and such. Just step on them all, blah, blah, blah. Step switches is what we can call them and all that, and you get to the room. You can keep stepping around, stepping around, stepping around. Eventually, the door will open and all that cool stuff. And after doing that, you go into what? Uh, yeah, you go into uh, 
like a little bit looks like an elevator of some sorts. I do believe now it opened the final entrance, which is the yeah, the upper right one. And now this is what you could call the main part, and this is where you will have all those different uh, halls. In this case, it looks like a reflective thing on the wall, but that one is not a secret. It's just kind of a reflection. <laughs> but you'll see reflections going forward and certain areas where to enter and such. But this is the main part where you actually start entering in the walls and such. I do believe you walk against the wall here. Nope, that's not quite it yet. But you can always look it up in player's guides as well. Because if I describe it too much, the show will be too long. In fact, it already is. And all that, so... Major tip at this part of the game, heal as often as you can because you never know. You might run into, you might just suddenly die. So, yeah, be very careful. Um, but again, <clears throat> for tips on how to kind of work your way through the halls, you know, it's, it's good to have a player's guide and such. I mean, that way you can actually see what you're looking at rather than me simply describing it on here, though I may try in a moment. Eventually working your way around, you finally get to an area where you're going to use a revealer formula again. Pretty straightforward, literally. You're eventually going to get to like a mini boss, kind of like in the uh, the um, <clears throat> pyramid. So, or it was a son of Set. This time, it's one of those mad monks that can get you with plague and such. But again, just like the uh, son of Set, they move much slower. So just keep dropping crush on him until he dies. And that's when you finally get the bronze spear. Very, very important. So it's like a heavy spear. When you throw it, it can hit a switch. But the kid, the boy does it uh, automatically. That's the good part. So the trick, I think I found it here. I just want to make 100% sure. Okay. So the left side of the room, we'll say the lower left side of the area where you fought that mad monk is where you can finally enter the, the walls and work your way around. So again, work your way around generally to the right and up and all that type of such and eventually you'll find your way to a <laughs> to the uh to to the alchemist that uh, the other guy at horace's camp talked about it's his brother honestly once you've found the entrance the secret entrance into the walls you will find him uh you will find the guy because you're most likely creative enough to figure it out it's not really challenging honestly but if you need help use the player's guide online it's the fireball formula, which is uh, like basically stronger than uh, ash. The unfortunate part, ash, flash, pardon me. The unfortunate part is, <laughs> well, it does take two ash, but it also takes uh, brimstone, which is a bit more expensive and harder to find. So, but it's a very powerful uh, formula, no doubt about it. And another good thing, you can save your, you can save your data there, save your data, save your game, so to speak, with, with him. So just in case you run into something, I might and forget my hit points are low and, and die suddenly and waste a lot of time, yeah, it won't happen uh, as badly at this stage. After that, just kind of retrace your steps and such. Really, you could just exit, honestly, after beating. Um, you could just use the uh, in escape or wings after this because, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of overly complicated and you kind of have what you need now. So just use the wings or the escape formula. You should have six wings, which I do right now. Sounds really tasty, too, but yeah, like anywhere from Lian Shan or Buffalo Wild Wings, but yeah. but uh, you should have six wings by now, which is full anyway, so that way you can find a new one. Go back in the uh, temple, work your way up. Again, you have the bronze spear. You do not have to build it up in order to for the boy to automatically throw it towards. Yep, so you walk up to the center area. You'll notice there's a switch that you have to throw the spear to. The boy automatically throws it. You cross the bridge, which is wonderful, completely automatic.
so you don't have to panic and get frustrated. And up you go to the boss and crush, crush, crush is all I can say. He's very similar to the uh, final boss in the... Uh, um, very similar to the last boss in Prehistorica. In this case, uh, there's no fire for him to jump into. Just crush, crush, crush and let the dog hack away as well. He's not that hard at all. As long as you have the crush built up pretty good and the dog is strong and blah, blah, blah. Just, yeah. Once you, Again, once you have the crush spell, the game is pretty easy. And, yeah, no doubt about it. Now you have two diamond eyes. Work your way back to Horace's camp and ultimately, yeah, you'll find out as you head move, as you head later and later into the game here. Honestly, just fall. Heck, heck with it. It doesn't hurt you. Just fall and you'll wind up back at Horace's camp. Like, instead of using the revealer formula, you actually save time. So, it's kind of funny. Talk to the uh, blonde lady, or red-headed, strawberry blonde, whatever the heck she is, lady. Go to the inn. Even if you don't need it, save. This way you can. You're done with Hall of Kalaja. You're done with the pyramid. You have both of the diamond eyes. So you're almost done with Antica. Almost. Almost done. Maldronis, as he's, as he's called, uh, says that Horus has left the camp. You might find him at the west bank of the river. Yep, equip, unequip, whatever. Purchase ingredients. Do whatever you want there. But I'd say before you go to Nobilia, which you're eventually going to need to do, but uh, first we'll uh, talk to somebody who looks like Horus and all that. So imagine you're heading back to the Crustacea area, but first, of course, go to the uh, little wall type area that's close to, yeah, before you start heading back. Equip the axe. The spear's not going to break it, so equip the bronze axe. Bust through, you'll be able to get some items. And then, of course, there's that cave around that river. And you can bust in there and get the drain spell. So, go for it. But before you get a chance to go to the drain spell, you'll see a guy wearing green that looks just like Horus. But he's wearing green instead of uh, yellow that Horus is. Interesting. Yeah, it's not him. And he'll take the diamond eyes from you, or you'll give it to him thinking it's Horus realizing it's not because the way he reacts once you give it to him. He's like, I must have them give them to me. So excited. And why is Horace talking like this? They're mine, they're mine. Yeah, well, it's not him. No, it's not. It's the evil twin. And yes, you get the idea. You need to go back to the other end of the desert because that was the evil leader. It was. <laughs> but first, again, cross the river by getting on that little pulley lift or whatever it's called. Isn't it cute and adorable? Uh, break your way into the cave, get the drain spell, that one requires one part ethanol and two parts roots. Ethanol, huh? So now ethanol's being brought in. Ethanol. Okay, ethanol makes you drain stuff from bad guys. Sure. Go ahead and buy a little bit of it, since there's not a whole lot of it in the game. Otherwise, uh, before you go to the desert, buy as much wax and limestone as you can from Blimp. Not from this guy, because wax is 100 jewels here. From Blimp, it's 60, so common sense math there. But the point is, buy as much as you can because you won't be back here for a while. Uh, not until you have the flying device at the, uh, near the end of Gothica. So you're going to want to max out as much crush as you have. So it's just simply so it's available for you, you know, for an extended period of time. And again, once you're able to fly again, you can come back. And uh, once you're able to fly anyway for the first time, you'll be able to come back here and um, stock up. Now you go back to the skeleton and the rowboat. This time he calls you Jack. Hey, Jack, do you want to lift? Sure. You have an amulet, yes, blah, blah, blah. Hop in, Skipper. <laughs> it's just funny. He's got all these nicknames for you, I guess. I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome you to board our nonstop shuttle to Nobilia, the little jewel of the desert of doom. <laughs> okay. On your, lift, on your left is a large expanse of rock and weed. 
while you enjoy your stay in Avelia, you can shop for the goods, armor, and charms at the Bargain Bazaar. While we make our approach to the city, please return your seats and tray tables to their upright positions. Remain seated until the boat comes to a complete stop. Speed has worn off. No, <laughs> yep, no, he didn't say that. And now that's it. That's the last uh, stuff we'll hear from him other than hi, welcome aboard, basically in the future. So back to Nobilia. Basically work here to wait, wait to where the meeting was, basically the dog statue, because there is no meeting or there is no uh, bazaar. Everybody's out to hear the uh, leader, the evil leader, declare himself king of the world or something like that. It's like, we're a little late. There he is, looking just like uh, <laughs> Horus. I will now command the ancient world with supreme power, for I have the diamond eyes of the sacred Dodge dog statue. Pardon me. Feeling a little funky. <laughs> that guy takes himself way too seriously, like Emperor, Emperor Zorn in Apocalypse. Acopola, apocalypse. <laughs> Acropolypse. Apocalypse. That's a tongue twister. The diamond eyes go into the statue. And now he says a very famous line. Let the menacing begin. I love it. <laughs> and then you never see him again, actually, ever. You just fight this major, major boss, which is technically the main boss of this part of the game. And then you get into the in-between part coming up. This one's known as Aegis. It's kind of like the best shield in certain Final Fantasy games. Interesting. And his defense is pretty good, too. So, makes sense. And when the statue basically is blocked by something, you can't cast Crush on Aegis. But once... Uh, this something, whatever it is, this image blocking the way goes away for a little while, you can launch uh, Crush as much as possible to your heart's desire, so to speak. I would say he's significantly easier than the previous bosses in a lot of ways because it's just, I don't know, he doesn't really have a powerful attack. And then you'll notice a floating little triangle type thing, like a tiny little pyramid. Um, Horus comes as good work. You got rid of that terrible villain, my evil twin. He was like a robot, basically. Um, but then this thing starts falling apart, so very interesting. It starts opening up that I could blow up in a second. Uh, energy core. I didn't know statues had energy cores, but apparently this one did. Uh, Tiny comes and throws it, and then apparently it opens up some new areas that's uncharted in Evermore. And maybe that's your way home. Maybe, but probably not. It does help you, though, <laughs> get to Gothica, which is where we're heading eventually next after going to the stores. But I think this is a good time of the game, good time of the show, to probably stop and consider this the end of part one and be prepared for part two coming up in a few weeks or so, depending on how long it takes, that type of thing. So might, might as well uh, have this one completed right here and right now, and we'll continue on our path to Gothica and into Gothica and ultimately Omnitopia in part two. I'm guessing this episode of uh, this overall project secret of evermore is probably going to be two parts versus zelda we'll see maybe it will need a third part but i'm guessing only two this time around hopefully is what all we'll need they'll just be a little bit longer and i think it's better than splitting it up into three that seems a little crazy with that said hope you've enjoyed this uh, so far i've enjoyed it very much i apologize this past few minutes here i've been a little on the quieter side because i'm recording this when it's getting a little bit uh, later in the evening and my wife's trying to sleep so just an apologies there in case i sound a little bit too quiet and mumbly and all that so i'm also a little bit worn out as well at the end here because it's been a been a bit of a blizzard time so you get a little tired when that happens um but yeah we'll continue with secret of evermore in it part two coming up soon.